no, what happened? No, what's wrong with it? It's echoey. Reverb. Reverb. <laughs> Wait, are you spelunking? <laughs> yes, I'm in the bottom of a cave right now. Well, keep it warm. <laughs> I can't believe I have reception, but... Oh. Uh, that's crazy. I can hear you guys now. Hey! Yay! Wait, you, you couldn't hear us when I hit record? That's horrible. No. That would have been like a super awkward episode. Oh, tell me about it. No, my tab was muted for some reason. You should probably hop on some of these balloons. That'll make <laughs> it better that, for you. Pass that my way, kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I'm, I'm using the soundboard that God that God gave me. <laughs> you got to admit, after that from Vader, I'm starting to get a little turgid. <laughs> you, you know what else she should do? Thank mm-hmm. you, swing. Nice. <laughs> that one's just for you. I appreciate that. Techno is already despondent. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be horrible. That's how we know it's, it's gonna be a good episode now. So, like, the plan here is that we're talking about a movie that is so bad it's good, and the plan is hopefully that the podcast is also so bad it's good. Oh, fantastic! We are going to hit at least one of those. Yes, <laughs> I think like I know which one. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so this was like uh, like I, I, this was the this was the idea here very very seriously is that like you know we do some like um we we watch some movies and we make comments about them but it really was in my mind an excuse just to like have a periodic show where we get more than one guest on um <laughs> and just let you know let let the chaos flow. And I really wasn't expecting to actually talk about the movie as much and more, more just like more just shooting the shit. I have two handwritten pages of notes about this movie. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> that is what I am here for. <laughs> yes. Great, because I have virtually nothing to say. <laughs> really? Tino has enough for all of us. Really? I mean, no, I have been- some too. I took this as usual. Yeah, I also took notes, but um, I also watched this movie twice. Uh, once just uh, the, <laughs> the Stone Cold version, and then the Rift Tracks version today, which was uh, really enjoyable. Should we, should we say hi to everybody first? Yeah, yeah. Hi to everybody first. Hi to Hello. everybody first. <laughs> How's everybody doing first? Yeah, congrats on getting here first. Wait, by the way, it's <laughs> so stupid up in here. That's it's like the the dicks from Letter Kitty. Um, yeah. You know, uh, how is everybody today once? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have uh, two returning guests with us and two returning hosts, which is good. 
Symmetry. That is good. Wow. <laughs> that's a good ratio. That's impressive. <laughs> Damn, is this the first time that's ever happened? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, definitely. Um, uh, so we have uh, – uh, well, we, 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 we saw Thresh Putin recently, so let's say hi to Vader Kit first. Hello. Hello, hi. everyone. Hello, thank you guys for, Vader Kit. <laughs> thank you guys for having me back. I'm excited. I do have a, do have a question for you. Shoot. Who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm Vader Kid. I'm I'm just a guy. Hangs out on the internet occasionally. You know, I do things, and then you know, it's just whatever. I'm here. Just woke know. up. Somebody invited me to a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it's true for everyone else, but you seem to be coming in just a tad hot. Oh, I can turn. I can like turn it down a just a little bit. How about that? That's a little too far. Oh, okay. <laughs> just a smidge. How about now? Perfect. That is How about now? golden. Oh, yeah. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, this movie, I, I've known about it for a long time. It's been on one of my, my lists for um, So Bad It's So Good for a long time. And one of my good friends, I have to shout him out here real quick, uh, Hulkman3000. Uh, he introduced oh, this movie to me. That makes so much sense, man. I, it, like, legit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he introduced this movie to me a long time ago, and we watched it, and we I've just fallen in love with it. I've rewatched it countless times, and it gets better every single time I've watched it. Oh, if you I, haven't seen it, listen to this podcast, and then go watch it yourself, because you won't I, be disappointed. I'm so pumped to buy the Rift Tracks version. Yes. Oh, you'll have a blast with it, Techno. I am I'm like yeah I'm 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 excited. Um uh but Thrash Putin, welcome. Thank you for having me back. First time, third time. First time being a third time guest and I am honored <laughs> to be here uh with the That's great Vader kid and of course <laughs> and of course <laughs> the two incredible hosts. Um I'm with Vader. I think this movie is uh a, a national treasure that should be protected at all costs. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, and yeah, you can find me being silly um, every occasional week, other week, every other month. Well, who knows at this point? <laughs> uh, I will be on Horn Mountain on Twitch uh, on every Tuesday that I can, and I cannot wait to talk about this movie. Thank you. I am that. I'm really surprised that a uh, like you know like a podcast full of dudes mm-hmm. would get this into the Barbie movie. I know. I'm so excited. Wait, did I watch the, the wrong? Movie? <laughs> it was good. I really like Pink. Anyway. <laughs> Um, let me check my notes. Okay, this is good. <laughs> Speaks to a generation. <laughs> um, Ken, shall we drink? Let's drink. Let's do it. Let's drink. Hoist them high, folks. Concurrent yeah. consumption. Go. Very good. That was beautifully short and sweet. That, that was. <laughs> so, so since we've had difficulties coming together and and, and doing this on, on mostly my fault, um, fleeing the law, yeah, yeah, I have uh, on the saved- oh, oh, and and on that and on that point, the last time we had thrash on, I'm pretty sure it was when we were trying to do this. <laughs> I think it was. Is that true? And I think that like, is true. And then you were like, "Oh, you know what? We were planning on meeting and doing that, but I am in Japan instead." So. Mm-hmm. 
fuck y'all. <laughs> so, I am in an undisclosed, non-extradition treaty country. <laughs> exactly. Just waiting for that statute of limitations. Why is he only sending pictures from the ambassador office? This is so weird. <laughs> no, but um, while, while I was in Japan, which uh, is very appropriate for this movie named Samurai Cop, I, uh, I purchased some super dry Asahi, which is uh, kind of the standard Japanese beer, but I love it. Nice. <laughs> you say super dry, and I hear like, like it, it sounds like chips in a bag. I'm like, damn, that really is dry. <laughs> Oh, but the, it's the, like the, sand. The, you can hear how crisp <laughs> me over the mic. That, that, that would have been Chips Ahoy deluxe cookies. <laughs> That's incredible. That's I the standard flavor of beer in Japan. It was <laughs> so dry, yeah. I needed to add sugar. So dry. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I saved this one. I had one left, and I said, I'm saving that in the fridge for Tuesday Suck, just so I can, you know, enjoy it. Nice. Talk about Japan. So I'm excited. Oh, uh, I like I I ran out of alcohol. Like um, this is sad because like of, of all the of all the episodes I wanted a beer for, it was this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, did you run out right before the podcast? What happened? <laughs> Free game in it. Yeah, <laughs> Thrash, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, what I was drinking last time as well, Stella Artois. It's, a, it's the same. It's the same. Uh, same bottle. It's a. That is a it's huge same bottle. fucking glass. He's let been, me tell you. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. He's been nursing it for like three months. It's, <laughs> it's room temperature. It's shit. flat as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to mute real quick because I feel sick. <laughs> Didn't you actually move since then and now? Yes, and uh, so, it was one of the few things that survived the move, oddly enough. I didn't spill a drop. Well, well yeah, that, the, the reason it was one of the few things that survived the mood, uh, move is because you always had it in hand while you're trying to move other stuff. Precisely. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you ever, guys have ever seen Trailer Park Boys, but it reminds me of when Julian crashed his car and he always has a uh, rum and coke in his hand. He flipped, <laughs> he rolled the car and then gets out of the car and the rum and coke is still full in the glass. It's one of my favorite <laughs> visual gags of that entire show. They don't address it and it's is so funny. He just gets out of the car and sips it. I'm like, that's amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Rave, what do you got? I have a uh, Daly's frozen margarita. Oh, very nice. nice. I am jealous of everybody's except the the uh, three-month-old <laughs> still hurts Techno, <laughs> I'd share it with you if I could. It's disgusting. <laughs> I can't open another one until I finish this one, but it's getting harder. <laughs> I think I asked for my breathing exercise to this. This is terrible. <laughs> I was mid-drink. I couldn't hit the button. Okay. <laughs> Something about getting harder. <laughs> yeah, that's my subtext pretty much all the time. Mm. <laughs> all right. I, I do have to say that uh, before we get to the movie, and and like if y'all haven't figured it out, the the whole premise of this of this of this episode is we all watch Samurai Cop. And um, we have come together to uh, to 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 chat about it in detail. And uh, even if you haven't seen it, it this is going to be fun. Um, but um, I do have to say, uh, it, it, now now that I have my two 3D printing buddies on stream <laughs> with me, I mentioned I mentioned in a previous episode that that my printer has, and and I and I got both the the, the printer and the 
uh, curer. Is that the right term for that? Because that sounds awkward. It's like, like rural, rural or juror. Station. <laughs> Couldn't have been better. Curer. Perfect. <laughs> the um, cure farewell tour. The curer. <laughs> it's like an engine trying to turn over. I, uh, so <laughs> I, I mentioned before that this has the worst instructions I have ever seen in my life. And I ended up like going online on YouTube to watch people like put this crap together and stuff. I went a long time. So like the, the curing machine, it, 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 you know, first you have the wash bucket thing in there and so you can put it in there and it spins it around and then you take that off and then you put the top back on and then you can cure it inside. And I spent several prints just staring at it going, you know, they, well, that they have that little gear in there that's turning. They really should have like the, like a little thing that will spin it, you know, so that it can get all sides and because that would be really, really helpful. And it's clearly what that was built for. And this is super dumb that it doesn't have that. And I was getting more and more frustrated with it. And um, I finally was like, they've got to actually have this. And I started to look it up, but then I started, but then I was thinking, you know what? I bet it's in there and the instructions just didn't mention it. So I actually had to go pull the box out of the, the garage because I was keeping it. And I dug farther in it. And sure enough, I had missed the little, little spinning tray. Uh, so now my uh, cures are a lot easier and I still hate those instructions. That's pretty standard. Yep. When you that's buy pretty piece, standard is that when is, you buy a piece of equipment from China, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> standard. <laughs> they, I think they hide certain pieces in the box. Then you have to like carve them out, if, probably. But yeah. I mean, not from Japan, though, because because Japan is full of honest businessmen. <laughs> in this. If you're dealing with a cure station, do you actually need all the parts? Because you probably have a 3D printer. Well, that's true. Yes, it's true. I think what we're all just trying to say is that I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese in this country who are honest businessmen. <laughs> and yeah, this is a land of opportunity for legitimate businessmen, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children. I'm telling these son of a bitches <laughs> that we respect the Japanese of this country. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's what you're trying to say. Hey, that's all I'm trying to say. Oh, I can't wait to get to that scene. Oh, uh, we, we got we got to backtrack first. Um, uh, first of all, like, okay, I I have a really quick question about this movie. Um, so the, we going, the let me stop you. Are we going right into the movie because I have all kinds of uh, truck woes too. Oh, I was about to say bitching. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but by true. all means, yes, this is what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just you know, my never-ending work woes. Last week, my truck. Uh, Started the same fucking problem that it was doing months ago. Keep in mind, our mechanic left for like six months. He comes, no problems. He comes back. Second day back, my truck starts running like shit again. Oh, no. And then it like, died again. So I tell him, he puts me on a spare, checks it out. Oh, yeah, you need a new engine. <laughs> you just put a new engine in it like eight months ago. And I drive like a girl, so give me anything I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I got my truck back yesterday. Unpredictable and causing... I mean, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, everything that flows. So yeah, Zidcaster just kicked us out. It it was like, look, I want to hear about the movie, not Ken's bullshit. (laughs) 
<laughs> Zencaster no. has the same engine as Ken's truck, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> That is the most honest reaction from Ken I've ever gotten. I'm laughing my ass off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that it landed so hard. I'm so happy. One thing that works on my truck, though, are the brakes, apparently. Because as I'm driving home this I afternoon. Hope they do. Well, <laughs> apparently. Maybe a little too well. So I'm driving home this afternoon. Suddenly the truck is like yanking itself to the right. And I got both oh, hands nice. on the wheel. I wasn't drinking at the time, so that's good. <laughs> no, you were drinking earlier. That is convenient. <laughs> but not at that it's moment. Not at the time. Not at the time. Was it a rum and coke? <laughs> Did you spill a drop? Didn't spill a drop. Didn't, didn't drink spill it. it. Yeah. So every time I take my cup. hands off the wheel, the fucking thing just yanks to the right. Wow. Pull into a parking lot. To I, the right. Well, I had no choice. <laughs> Get out. Check it out. I see smoke coming from underneath the brake pads. Oh gosh. So apparently the fucking brakes locked up. Damn. Now, the worst part about this is I can't even really be pissed about it because it's nothing to do with the other problem. If it was it's the same, I, it's the problem, I don't right? Think, I don't think this is his fault because, <laughs> you know, shit breaks on these things. He sounds cursed. But if it was the engine problem, at least I could be pissed at him for not doing his job. True enough. But now, because it's a completely unrelated issue, I can't even be pissed at someone, mm. which pisses me off. What the fuck? Yeah, that's bullshit, man. Hot takes by Ken. <laughs> Always appreciate so, these. So I'm getting no sympathy. So fuck you all. Let's move on to the movie. <laughs> no, hold on. Uh, and again, I didn't come with a soundboard except the one God gave me. Kins work woes. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's how you end a segment. <laughs> At least I know one listener, like the only woman who actually listens to the show, will feel listens. bad for me. Hey, we found out today. We found out today that there are two people who listen to every episode. Dedicated fans. Besides, besides, uh, uh, Amy Betty also does. Sure. Ah. Oh, I, well, well yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Pete's kids, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, we, we may have lost them when I did my impression of them going to Alton Towers. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been, that may have, that, that may have crossed the line. Well, they were they really like, fans. Fuck you. We can actually go to Alton Towers and you can't. <laughs> Have have uh Ken, have you checked our email? Like as I, I don't check it. Like uh we we may have the invitation just waiting there. I have not checked the email. How how's your Patreon doing? I mean, we gotta sweat them out. <laughs> Patreon what? Your Patreon? I think it's a little too about? expensive myself. <laughs> Whatever. Apparently apparently iTunes is charging a lot of money. Um uh, to allow you to leave reviews on podcasts. Oh, they charge yeah. you for reviews? I, can I talk about that? What the um, fuck is that? Uh, apparently, I well, I, that's that's the only reason I can think of why our friends would not have left a review already. I'm, uh, I, I'm sure a Bader kid has just made up a story. I'm giving him a little bit more time to kind of work out the details of his made up bullshit. Excellent. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Thank Let me you pull out time. my excuse it. Rolodex for Yakuza Day, and I'll come up with one as well. <laughs> you're, you're a true friend. <laughs> that's true. It's going to be bad weather this time, Thrash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Actually, that's what I landed on, too. I'm glad we both agree. Oh, man. 
but, uh, but now, like, actually, if I have three my three D printing friends here, which one of you guys is going to print me three D printed Robert Zadar cheekbones? Because Ooh. I'm doing <laughs> because uh, I found out it's actually very expensive to get that done professionally. I've only gotten the left cheek done so far. It cost me twelve grand, but I can't afford the right cheek, so I need you guys to three D print. It's not symmetrical, huh? No, it's not symmetrical at all. And uh, once it is, I'm sure it'll look completely <laughs> normal. But <laughs> unfortunately, both Paul and I only have resin printers. And there's no way that shit's going to fit on the print bed. You're going to have to go <laughs> in pieces. That would destroy a print bed. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like, no, what but, is the line about? Like, uh, I will get his head and put it on your piano. Oh, yes. I, I will get his head. Piano. I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Vader, right on time. Vader's got uh, oh I'm so happy because I was like man like seriously all today I'm like son of a bitch like I was planning this to be so informal but I want these clips and I'm gonna have to go get them all and edit and that's gonna be like work that I don't want to do and then Vader kid coming through for me coming through like a bro that's right the best I don't have all of them but I have a bunch I have one I have one that, that I'm very happy about. That is the one you requested. Excellent. That's all we need then. <laughs> and when we get to that point, oh man, this is the best. Uh, oh, oh, I can't wait to tell that story too. Um, uh, uh, y'all, y'all's week gone okay? Everybody else? Yeah, yeah the new man. house is Mine great. Oh, sorry, Vader. I'm enjoying the new house very much. Uh, unpacking is going pretty smoothly, um, and things are finally settling down uh, with my grandpa. He broke his arm and fractured his hip, but he's oh, no. doing just fine oh, after sorry, surgery. Man. So uh, everything's in good spirits there. But yeah, it's been a good week here. Nice. Okay. Good. There I guess it's my turn. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have the, the sharing stick now? <laughs> you have the sharing stick. Wow. <laughs> That's a little uh, butt hurt there. <laughs> <laughs> Vader's already bitter. We're like 27 minutes in. It's amazing. And he's fucking copyright infringing on my job. <laughs> hey, who sent you the link on the soundboard there, buddy? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm things have been pretty good for me. I, I um I recently have gotten a new job at my what? Work, new position. Oh, new position. Well, well, well. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of using my leave cause I can't transfer it over with me. So I've been off for uh, a few weeks, been enjoying my time. Okay. Wait, I'm Are piecing you- this together. So you've disappeared for a while because of unspecified legal issues. Exactly. <laughs> now you've been back for a little while and you just got a new job. Does this mean <laughs> Actually- you transferred from the washroom to the kitchen? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> No, I've uh, I got while I was in Japan, I found out that I had got selected for another position. So I am these uh, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! Man. Yeah. Uh, is that is these nuts like an ofi- is these nuts an official title? Or like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. If you're That's happy, incredible. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> that rocks, dude. Seriously. Yeah, I'm hoping for some more free time and uh, you know, a little less stress, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what what happens. So I'm excited about it. I don't know, man. These nuts are demanding. They are. (laughs) They can be. These nuts are certainly demanding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Wait, did you hear these nuts say something? You must bow down to the almighty bunghole. (laughs) (laughs) 
You guys heard that, right? That wasn't my notes. <laughs> and I got news for you. That means you're gay. This is just going to turn into a soundboard war. No, it is. All right. This is hilarious because Paul is laughing now. <laughs> And Vader's the one that sounds despondent. I love it. <laughs> this is incredible. I think we threw off the balance with the four. This is incredible. I've never seen it happen. All Dog right. and cats living together. Right. Area. Absolutely. Down is um, up. I I do I, I do have a technical question about this movie uh, as we're getting started. Uh, I, I I and uh, I I looked at some interviews and stuff uh, and, and to, to get a little background, but. Um, but I was wondering one thing, because the um, the 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 Japanese mafia in this in this movie the katana is gang. called the Katana called, Gang. Yeah, Katana. <laughs> what does Katana mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Oh, come on! I, I know this. It's on the, the tip of my sword. I know this. I know. This. Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Oh. We'll get we'll get to that, but um, <clears throat> just uh, just as as uh, it, we'll kind of quickly go through a couple little background to this movie. So came out in ninety one, obviously direct to video. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, it was uh, written and directed by Amir uh, Shervan. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. Is uh, uh, Iranian? Yes. Um, who? I was a little surprised. He's like over 60 when he makes this movie. I, I say I'm surprised because the movie's a little juvenile. Um, <laughs> but oh, did we watch the same little. movie? <laughs> I thought it was very adult. <laughs> well, it's definitely very adult in a juvenile way. It definitely <laughs> is. Uh, but uh, it uh, English is not his first language and it shows. Um, what do you but, mean? <laughs> He uh this is his last movie. He um he has since died. He died back in in 06. Um but uh, a couple of things happened because of the internet. Because the internet is wonderful and oh, yeah. and is undefeated. Mm -hmm. Um so as the, the the as I'm figuring out from these uh, from these um interviews is that this movie was rediscovered because of a clip and I'm going to put the clip in, into the final product, but it's the horny nurse. Yes. Hello. Hi. How is he? Do you think he'd be able to ask a few questions? No way. His lips are burned. So what? He'll never be able to talk again. Oh, he'll talk again, but you just have to give him a couple of weeks. Next time guys, catch him in one piece. Thanks nurse. Do you like what you see? I love what I see. Would you like to touch what you see? Yes. Yes, I would. Would you like to go out with me? Uh-huh. Yes, I would. Would you like to fuck me? Bingo. Well, then let's see what you've got doesn't interest me nothing there nothing there just exactly what would interest you something the size of a jumbo jet have you been circumcised 
Yeah, I have. Why? Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. No, he uh, he was a good doctor. Good doctors make mistakes too. That's why they buy insurance. Hey, don't worry. I got enough. It's big. I want bigger. Hey, I have. Uh... <laughs> have you been circumcised? Shut up. One of the things I wrote down word for word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so uh, I, I and if and if you would like to reenact it, I'm going to put the clip in too. This is the most ri- like this whole movie is filled with random scenes. This is the most random scene. One hundred percent. And I love the entire movie. She's making full eye contact while she walks out of the room after telling them that the bur- we'll get to all of this, of course. But the, the, burnt, the burnt man, his, his lips are burnt and he'll be able to speak in two weeks. She walks out of the room. And, How long will uh, we be able to speak in? Two, two weeks. <laughs> yes. Our protagonist is staring her down the entire time. She turns around and says, do you like what you see? And he says, I love what I see. And she responds, would you like to touch what you see? And he goes, yes. Yes, I would. And she says, would you like to go out with me? And he slowly responds, uh-huh, yes, I would. She says, would you like to fuck me? <laughs> he responds, bingo. <laughs> he, he, grabs, he grabs her stethoscope like yes. a microphone yes. and says bingo, says, bingo, bingo into the stethoscope. <laughs> and then she responds very, uh, you know, naturally. Well, then let's see what you got. <laughs> she grabs his stethoscope, as it were. And this says, does it interest me? Nothing there. <laughs> he responds, nothing there. What exactly did you have in mind? A jumbo jet? <laughs> Any right-minded person would think this is already going too long and it will cut there. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of cut there, she responds, weren't you circumcised? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the facial expressions of his partner Frank. No. Oh yes, yeah, so we, we can't ignore that. that. Before we that, can't ignore so that all right. So in the interview, uh, <laughs> in the interview, by the way, the the main thing I looked at was uh, Red Letter Media's interview with the actor, uh, the star of the show, and he they were talking about that scene, and Amir just put the the partner like, okay, we got to get some like, you know, facial expressions from you and just put a camera on him. And it was like, okay, now smile now kind of giggle now. And just did a string of them. They're not in reaction to anything like in the scene. He's just (laughs) inserting these. And so they had the most like over the top facial expressions from this guy who's clearly just joke like like just playing around and it's it's <laughs> almost like and almost all the edits seem this way which i want to know the the uh you know chronology of filming on this movie because it seems like and obviously the wig which we'll get to was filmed yeah. much after the original <laughs> but uh the every single close-up you're talking about may as well be have been filmed on a different day in a different building in a different state like he it's, it's just yes. such, such a no close-up on his face that there's there doesn't have to be in the hospital room it's just that close oh it's yeah amazing. and some of it's those amazing. were definitely like uh some of some of them at the end like during the chase through the house it's clearly like four different houses that they're chasing through yes you know? absolutely um oh anyways guy keep keep Keep, keep going with the script because this is magnificent. This is well, <laughs> she responds, were you circumcised? <laughs> and he said, yes. 
I was. And she says, well, I think he cut too much off. <laughs> and again, it might end there. That's a good comedic beat because this is an already insane scene. He says, no, he didn't. He was a good doctor. <laughs> Vouches for the man. That's all I wrote down because I could not stop laughing. But yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, I, and, and, okay, and so like, uh, and and we're, we'll we'll have to get to the plot, but like, there, there's a this constant refrain of these scenes go on too long. Like, absolutely. Uh, like the third sex scene of the movie, it, it it's like you're watching. It's like like any other director would have cut away by now. Like this is this is, just keeps going, and uh, and there's my favorite <laughs> one. <laughs> my favorite one is when they're when they're talking to the chief, and the chief, <laughs> yes. and the chief is mad at at at. Uh, I keep trying to say Murtaugh, uh, but um, I know why. <laughs> yes, uh, and then and and he kind of he kind of closes his eyes and rubs his temple, and yep. the partner comes up and kisses him on the forehead. He jumps up and he's like, you know, oh, you know, stop that, get out of here, motherfucker, and, and he's points a point. Yeah, okay. So point. so background is he was waiting for Amir to say cut, and it just never came. And so oh he's standing God. there holding it, <laughs> and then he realizes it's not coming. And so he's like, all right, I guess I'll sit down. And, and he smiles. sits down, and then he smiles, and then he laughs a little bit. And, yeah. and like, every point is him they like, oh, I guess we're going to keep going. <laughs> we're just going. I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass. I mean, <laughs> clearly, I got to figure out how to get it out of there. <laughs> I didn't mean to speak over that. If you want to play that clean, I'll gladly shut up. So the captain is low key the best character in the show for sure. Uh, yeah, him, him, and, and the partner I love. It is mostly because of the facial expressions. <laughs> but the partner, partner is fantastic. The, he sells the entire movie. I mean, the partner oh. is basically. I think this is my theory. The partner never saw the script. He never <laughs> knew it was a. He never knew it was a movie. <laughs> He showed up, and I think he thought it was a long universal stunt show or whatever. And he was just walking through it. And he was like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, we'll see you in court, counselor. <laughs> he just walked off. Like, I love hey. that guy. Okay, well, so there's, there's the an action. Impro- oh, Go ahead. I, I have notes. Well, oh. I have news. So Mark yes. Frazier showed up for his audition at the director's house, and he had never seen the script, had no idea who his character was, nothing. I knew it. <laughs> so you oh, were correct. See- that's a common theme. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, it's the same thing happened to Matthew Hans yes. because yeah. he was, he just showed up because um, he was trying to get work and, and establish himself as a like action star. And when he showed up to the director's house, he, he got the job on the spot, mm-hmm. which is crazy. He's like, he's like, Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, and and he, they he, they sent uh, the uh, Amir sent the script home with him, and he didn't know he was the star. And he kept reading, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I'm still in this. Great, more you know, more screen time, fantastic." And he kept going. He's like, "I'm I'm kind of the star of this movie." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, but the the best improvised line uh, of of the movie uh, and and uh, the interview with. Um, Excuse me. Uh, with Matt, uh, Matt Hannon was talking about this. Uh, is uh, the the partner uh, Mark? Uh, they were supposed to climb a fence, and he didn't want to, and so he went under the fence instead. 
And so they, they're like, they decided that they were going to no do way. the line. The, the line, he's like, why'd you go under? And he goes, because I'm an undercover cop. <laughs> he looks so satisfied when he delivers that line. That makes me so happy to know that. That's incredible. And, oh. and they actually, they actually um, made that line up. That wasn't in the script. That was yeah, something yeah, that, that they that's, came up yeah, that's with. That's what Tego said at the improvised line. That's incredible. I oh, love it. It's that. so good. Um, so uh, this clip, this clip gets on YouTube and just goes, goes crazy because it's amazing. And I, and, and it's about this time that the rumors are that, uh, that the star Matt is dead. Um, and, uh, he, uh, so Matt's daughter finds out about this rumor and she's like saying like, dad, you need to like, like make a video for YouTube to say, Hey, no, I'm still alive. I'm still around. And he thought it was a dumb idea. And just to make her happy, he uh, he just he decides like, okay, I'm going to do a video. He was not he was wearing shorts only at this moment and he's in the kitchen. And so (laughs) he he looks like a complete jackass, you know, just walking around with no shirt on. And of course, he's still ripped. And uh, and he does this video and and he, he has no intention of actually releasing this to anything. But he sends it to her daughter, his daughter. It's like, yeah, it's something like this. And she responds, okay, it's up now. And he's like, what? No, no. <laughs> he I like, like an idiot. Yeah, it was like a dry run at it. It was a rehearsal. Right, he's yes. like, yeah, like, oh, my uh, gosh. That's- but yeah, that's when, uh, you know, uh, uh, they they start getting the idea of, oh, my goodness, both both actors are alive. We need to do a second one. And uh, it really kind of promote this film. But that's like this 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 movie's coming <laughs> you know, coming out of the shadows because of, because of all this. And it's, it's really good. I was really excited by the fact that um, when we were initially, you got, you pitched this idea and I was very glad that we all responded very positively to it. But I think um, me and Vader both initially pitched like Samurai Cop within like the first hour of the idea. <laughs> we <being did>. pitched. <laughs> but it also made me very happy that neither of you had seen it because that makes this a yes. fun ratio yep. because Vader and I have seen it, you know, countless times. And you guys, this is your first entry. So it's going to be great to hear that first experience again from something that brings me true joy. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, uh, you know, uh should we should we get into the film proper? Because there's a lot of plot and intrigue. Yes, uh, let's, let's, let's crack into it. Uh, my let's notes are chronological, <laughs> so I'm ready. Excited. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, the first thing I noticed, the first thing I wrote down was that uh, uh, this composer's got mad Casio skills. <laughs> Really, it really felt like he did the entire soundtrack while waiting for a plane, you know, with this (laughs) like his backpack Casio. And and it's it's not that it's bad, it's just like it's clearly cheap, is what I mean. (laughs) And the plane was early. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's amazing. And yes, you're exactly right. And I I got a really like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES vibe at the beginning. I was like, oh, yeah, there's why. a lot of video game music in this game, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially in the love scenes, which I also like uh, Vader. There was one of the uh, love scenes further into the movie where I literally thought to myself, oh, this is like floor one of a early Final Fantasy dungeon. <laughs> like this is not even and I, I mean it in the best <laughs> way possible. And uh, we can thank Mr. Alan Der Mardorosian for that, which is an incredible name for. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes i can't believe you showed up what's up alan i just said your name oh my gosh how are you that that plays every time he enters a room it's it's yes. it does it's incredible oh we just left <laughs> okay take care alan See you guys in no, that, that here, little... <laughs> oh my gosh, Alan, I'm such a huge fan. I can't even tell you. This is an yeah. honor. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Guys, I didn't tell you, but we got Alan or Margot Rosie on this oh podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I emailed him and he emailed me quicker than anyone has ever emailed me before and said yes. I just want to say I'm a big fan of, of to... uh, you know, Thrash Butin. No, I wish you more, but. <laughs> Uh, you're fucked on that, Alan, but I love you too, buddy. And uh, <laughs> oh, wait, oh, I, my agent's calling. I gotta go. Okay. Well, hey, you too, man. Thank you for showing up. <laughs> Tell your agent uh, thank you for. No, wait, you emailed me directly. My God. Okay. Good to see you, Alan. <laughs> I just ran to the bathroom. Did I miss anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Ray will never believe it. This is just like me beating Outrun again. He doesn't believe it happened. I got Alan <laughs> DeMarta Rosie on the podcast, Ray. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. I know. It's already gone, though. Yes, people no, call him. Apparently, he's super busy. I don't know what he's working on. There are, uh, in kind of the beginning, you know, chase sequence, there's two things that really stuck out to me. Oh, several. Well, at the at least at the beginning, two things that stuck out to me. First of all, it's like the the uh, the helicopter cops are like returning to base and they're just like, no, 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 no. Come help us. It's like, yeah, don't land. You know, like there's, there's, a, there's a blue there's van like, you need to follow. There's like fuel issues here, right? You know? Yeah, right. But, no, don't land. I don't care if you crash. We have to do a, a prolonged chase. <laughs> they can take but, a- but this is the moment that I already fell in love with this movie. It's when um, <clears throat> the character of Joe, who is yes. uh, Matt Hannon, Hannon tells uh, – <clears throat> besides the innuendo, which I, I got to look up like, – I forgot what he ex- exactly said, but he says, watch for the boat in the marina. Mm-hmm. There's, where, there's, there's all these yachts. The and it's like, <laughs> it, 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 know which one has the Coke, but then it cuts to these drug dealers <laughs> who are in the tiniest speedboat I've ever seen on water with no other boats in sight with the rental company information <laughs> clearly printed on the side of this <laughs> tiny, tiny boat. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. It's incredible. Look, that's actually going one of my notes. Engage in a drug deal. You don't want to do it with your boat. Also, if you rent one, exactly. I put, and, I put in my notes: these criminals utilize Euro sailboat rentals as their means to distribute <laughs> narcotics. And yeah. it's smart. It's smart. Uh, from a filmmaking perspective, you get free advertising because you can uh, immediately say, "Hey, we have a great company here that often gets uh, you know hijacked by uh, drug dealers." <laughs> and. Uh, okay, so uh, some, I can look up because uh, I wrote down the quote. But somebody have the quote. Um, the the <laughs> what what this what this 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 co- these two cops are saying to one another on an official mission is unprofessional. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm uh, up looking ready. up the full quote. But you just yeah, keep you it up. It. You just keep yeah, it go. warm and ready. Wink. <laughs> he winks at the camera. <laughs> yeah, he winks at the camera. Yes, <laughs> he does. It, I thought this girl, I thought this girl for like half the movie was his girlfriend. And, and I was like, wait, why are you hitting on everybody? I thought you had this girlfriend. No, she's just a department hoe. 
Oh yeah, no, she yeah, yeah she is uh, truly flirting with everyone. But the best part is, is he's responding to her, just saying the trivial line, "Okay, Joe, keep it up." Like on you know chasing the bad guys, and he yeah. goes, "Oh, it's up and ready. You just keep it warm." <laughs> and she goes, "It's warm and ready." <laughs> yeah, he winks to a helicopter. How do you wink to a helicopter? There's plenty of times where he's like not even on oh. a microphone and he points to the helicopter and he's like, Oh, the two, the yeah. two, uh, the two finger gun. Um, it's the, the two finger gun. Point. Exactly. Oh man. That was amazing. Amazing. I would like to say that a, uh, police force hoe is completely unrealistic and would never happen in this day and age. No, never. definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> never in my state of Tennessee. Never in your state. Oh, no. That, that's no. actually what I thought of when I when I was realizing when when later in the movie she's just like like right after hitting on the partner, you know, saying, you know, right. saying, "Hey, we need to come have sex before, you know, they they cut your dick off." Um then she has nothing to do, so she turns to the third cop and is like, "So, we got nothing to do. Let's go fuck." Yeah. <laughs> Use it before you lose it. And uh, yeah, let's let's use that gift, which I was another great scene. Uh, the, the gift. Oh my god! You don't even want to say it. No, I don't. I'm not gonna be the first one to say it. I'm not gonna be the first one to say it. I'm a guest. I don't want to be. I don't want to be third time only returning guest and never a fourth. Oh my gosh. Um. Uh, the uh, and so then, 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 of course, there's a uh, a car chase that that ends. I do have when, a question for you. Oh yeah. Too far. At one point, I couldn't be bothered to rewind it, but did the helicopter change color? <laughs> I didn't oh, notice. Yeah, that. I never noticed that. Ken, I've never noticed that either. And I, I, I think actually at one to... point it was black, and then it went back to being red. Based on the shooting of the wig scenes, I completely believe you, Ken, uh, because it's incredible how much uh, you could just tell when he's wearing a wig oh. and when he's not. Yeah, like that. And, and that and one of the wig scenes has already happened. And, and somebody mentioned it before. So, like, he thought production was done, like filming was done, <clears throat> and he got a haircut. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then Amir gets on the phone. and is like, "Hey, buddy, let's you know we we gotta we gotta pick uh, have a couple more pickups. Let's you know come on down." And so they gave him a terrible wig and a hat that doesn't even fit. No, basically, <laughs> it's like we have a wig from Sandra Bullock and a baseball <laughs> a baseball cap from an eleven year old boy, and we're gonna use yes. both of them. So, so apparently, the director personally took him to a wig store to buy that wig. <laughs> what? The yeah. budget, the budget on this thing is seven thousand. The whole yep. movie is seven thousand dollars, and it shows because that wig is. It, it does show, but five that is box ins- top. That's inspiring, <laughs> though. You know, like for DIY stuff. I mean, that's not oh, crazy for well, a movie. Yeah, I tried to goes, research that more. The seven thousand dollar budget, and I put a question mark next to it because it they, doesn't they really make confirm. sense. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't right. make a ton of sense because he did pay for these actors like. There are some explosions and stuff uh, uh, from now from the interviews, like all of the locations. Apparently, Amir just like made friends eat easily. and was kind of charismatic. And so would just kind of weasel his way into places. And, I love and that kind of to Yeah. Be, get people to disagree to stuff. Um, and, Andy and, Sedaris does the same thing. And I hope that uh, if this is a recurring thing, we'll get to some Andy Sedaris films on this very podcast. But he is the oh, same yeah. kind of person who basically was friends with Hugh Hefner, only like exclusively uses Playboy 
playmates or penthouse pets as his Great. lead females. And uh, he just was born in Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana. So he films there all the time because he knows everyone in town and they'll let him get away with everything. Uh, and then he films in, of course, frequently on Hawaii because a lot of his films take place on Molokai and Maui and all this stuff. But he is truly just a uh, he was an Emmy award winning director for sports. He did Olympics in the 70s and 80s. He did the Moscow Olympics. And he basically turned the same way as Amir Shavan, where he just turned 60 and wanted to make movies with uh babes bullets and uh and bombshells and like it was the perfect formula yeah and they're all great they're great they're all great <laughs> and this is way, way the fuck off topic comment brought to you by thrash Butte. thank you <laughs> how is that well, and by the way, and like, to get like, us back on track the the budget was seven thousand interestingly enough the box office was set at three hundred and eighty four thousand dollars yeah. But this movie went straight to VHS by a Polish distributor. It, yeah, it does make a lot of it sense. It made that money in a re-release in 2017. In a, oh. So. Which was after the the director passed away. You're right. Oh, poor guy. Like, I was hoping so that he, be, he made, because some, of he the made internet, some real money like the, on this. Yeah, like the conversation we had before about that nurse scene sparking like this cult following of of this movie, people went in droves to see this movie in, in theaters when it yeah. released. And it was a two-day release. Yeah. And it made $384,000. Let me do some quick calculations here. That makes it uh, roughly, oh, infinitely better than Indiana Jones episode five. (laughs) Yep. No argument there. Disney could learn a lot from Amir because all of their movies are tanking. None of them are making money. If they would just spend $7,000 to to bring back like a samurai cop, it would be amazing. Um, They'd fuck it up. Oh no, they would. Yeah, they would. <laughs> that, that would be the only good movie that they do. <laughs> so like, okay, we're gonna do a bad movie. It turns out to be great, and and so nobody wants to watch it. Um, uh, so yeah, he um, the the star apparently like everyone in the department boinks the uh, uh, the girl. Uh, there's uh, the the horny. I I I realized this earlier, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. The horny nurse, besides one of the characters' mothers is the only woman in this movie who doesn't get banged. That's true. <laughs> um, I can't confirm. I have a confession to make. I uh, I watched it you on bang YouTube. bang the mother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. We won't go there. Um, I watched it on YouTube, and I was halfway through the film. I was like... I haven't seen a single titty in this. I know something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. They cut it out on YouTube. To I was like, oh, oh man, okay. So I I watched it without the uh, my my favorite my if if I can say it like this, my favorite sex scene was the second one, just because they were like like they they were three fourths way through an action scene and yep. then just got bored with it and it's like look I, I, like no one cares anymore. Let's jump to the bedroom scene. <laughs> Just it's, fun, it's funny that they abruptly cut the bedroom it's, scenes too to like yes. a weird driving scene to where it's like, oh, I guess we're done with that. Okay, we're just moving right on. That, <laughs> that's one of my notes the cuts, and that's it. Because yeah. the cuts in this oh, movie the edits. Oh my God. Yeah. Are just the most abrasive things you can ever witness. You're like, like, like where are we at now? Holy. And it's because, like Techno said, there's such a duality of 
abrupt cuts and then not cutting for a full minute before like after you should have cut like and it's such a weird combination of flow i i love it it's incredible it's like a fever dream it Um, is that's a great way to describe it one of my favorite parts is the conclusion of the car chase just because the bad guy's car like kind of rolls up to a rock and then explodes and then the driver comes out flame like burning and yep. apparently like there was no safety on set for this yes, like no, there were no, no fire people he just if they uh, the, the director just gave the stars it's like hey here's a fire extinguisher and a blanket and go take care of them and and so they were just they were just doing it and you can see the guy kind of looking up like are you gonna do this or not you know can we can we put me out now and apparently now this was cut but apparently they pulled the blanket off of them and the fire just erupted again. And they're like, oh, oh God. I, knew, I knew it because that, you're exactly right. There are, there are two, the two scenes that suck out the most to me on the, the chase are the explosion where, yes, uh, let's just give the, our two le- lethal weapon leads of this movie a fire extinguisher and a blanket while the stuntman is clearly looking behind him to say, like, have they put it out yet? And yeah. uh, the, uh, the other one is um, because there's clearly a lot of padding in this movie, uh, especially if they had to cut a lot of scenes with him in a wig just to make it long. Uh, I tried to count how many times he says, shoot, shoot him, <laughs> shoot, shoot him, shoot him. Uh, it says it at least we, four times. <laughs> we, we've mentioned the lethal weapon thing a couple of times, but just for reference, like um, the, the two stars is, is Matt Hannon, who is, is kind of, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like a Walmart version of Mel Gibson's haircut from that era. Oh, yeah. It's like if your yeah. mom says, we have Mel Gibson at home, sweetie. You don't need that action figure. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, that's clearly trying to be set up as the heartthrob character who's a little kooky. And, and, and just remember, like the whole the whole I mean, they kind of they kind of pulled away from this over time. But the original title, Lethal Weapon, was referring to Mel Gibson's fighting ability. Um, that, you know, that was movie one. Uh uh, and um, and that he was a little crazy, and and so Samurai Cop now is this one, so he's he's the super fighter. But then uh, Mark uh, Mark Fraser is uh, a black guy who is clearly clearly taking the Danny Clever role. And uh, I was expecting them to argue about who's driving at times. Yes, um, I was wondering how far they'd lean into it, but I love oh, it. Just the premise alone was all they needed. This is much, much later, but like this is one of those parts that I was expecting it where uh, uh, the Joe character um, uh, is <laughs> they're, they're both in the car, but like they park behind this building and they're waiting for the for the bad guys to drive up. And so Joe, who was driving, gets out of the car so he could peek around the building mm-hmm. to watch for the car. And then the car's coming and he goes back to the driver's seat. Now, this would have been a perfect time for like the passenger to do that role so that you have somebody behind the wheel. So <laughs> but just, no, yeah, drive but away. No, no, Frank is just sitting, is just chilling in the car. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It, it, is, no, it, it, it is several things like that. So, like, the guy that was driving the van, and then they replaced him with a stunt double to set him on fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Why not just have the fucking stunt double do it? I agree. Exactly. I mean, Most stunt people can drive, I would imagine, but yeah. Oh, here's, here's the what I wrote. Special effects I forgot the, terrific, though. I forgot the yeah. one part about this car ride that I loved. 
it's that like the first the, the 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 bad guys are hanging out of the back of the van shooting and then then the van slows down considerably so the one guy can fall out and it like <laughs> it like they yeah. see him and they're like oh no and it and it really felt like from the first Austin Powers movie where uh you know that one worker's getting in the yes. way of the steamroller because it takes that over. long it takes forever <laughs> and the guy is and like they, could, they totally could have could have oh, swerved yeah. around him but no they just run that guy's ass over <laughs> My favorite, keep going. <laughs> my favorite is that full-on Austin Powers, Matt Hannon, our character Joe, looks completely caught off guard by the fact that he slowly <laughs> ran this man over. He's like, oh my Very god, I can't slowly. believe that happened. I can't believe that just happened. This is his face. I, it's, it's I just love how prison Mike is in the van. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great mustache. touch. Oh it's a gosh. great touch. Also, um, <laughs> I do want to bring up, because it's, it's going to be, this is an evergreen comment about this entire movie. It takes by my understanding, at least three, at most four bullets to the chest to kill a man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, they are tanks yep. with the, bullets. Every the, single one of them. There are only two. Chest and one to the chest. Exactly. And then another to the <laughs> chest. And for good measure, another to the chest. But there are only two people in this movie who die from one bullet. And one is skinny David Crosby who backflips into the pool. I can, I, can o- I can only imagine that he survived the gunshot wound but didn't know how to swim. So if they had yes. shot him three yes. more times in that minute, he oh, would not have drowned. But that's down. how he died. Dude, and then, yeah, the other guy fell off a cliff. Just from yeah. Joe, can read, he was like, Joe oh. can read eyes. Because Joe can read eyes, he knew that he couldn't swim. Right, yes. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. Because you eyes. Exactly. Uh, the dude Vader. at the very beginning of the movie, I have no idea who he was, but they killed him. But they shot him twice, and then he beat up like four people before they shot him a third and fourth time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But just for consistency, early into the film, after the uh, the restaurant scene that we've already quoted, that famous speech that Vader had the sound clip of as well, uh, where I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese in this country <laughs> who are honest businessmen. That's weird. Um, Virtue signaling is so great. Right I'm after telling he, son of a bitches. Yes. That we respect the Japanese of this country. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if I could just read that full speech, that's the only other thing I wrote down word for word, and it was a journey. Uh, I'm, I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese in this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is a land of opportunity for legitimate businessmen, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers, if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, before your lawsuit even gets on the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? <laughs> okay. Do y'all want to see how well Thresh did? Yes. Do you want to see how well Thresh did? I've got the whole thing. You ready? Here we go. Yes. Now I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the <laughs> Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? Bravo, sir. Well done. Word you. for word. Thank you. I, I'm <laughs> proud of that. I one. should mention you can this also- lawsuit. This lawsuit that they're referring to 
is specifically, we're going to sue you because you insulted my client. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's yelling this at counselor, so, which, by the way, like, if you diagram the sentence that I read or th- the full run on sentence that that is, right. when you hit counselor, you're like, where the fuck are we grammatically? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, uh, by the I way, really, after that, I really yeah, think. I, I I really think that that scene was uh, a mirror, like getting to this point in the movie, going, "Oh, holy crap!" Like every Japanese person in this movie is a bad guy. We we like need to put something in here about how we yes. like we, we love bases. we love Japanese people. Don't we? Like, uh, we we encourage this them. is yeah. This isn't a racist movie for sure. <laughs> As long as you're up, keep it above board, okay? You got it? But yes, uh, and after that, our hero Joe uh, eyes yet another attractive blonde in a movie and says, (laughs) excuse me, miss, by the way, what's an all-American girl like you doing with a geek like this? (laughs) He winks again, this time not at a helicopter, if you can believe it. (laughs) He says, see you you around. Uh, My favorite part is that his partner that we get a close-up on in a completely different restaurant uh, across the country, I think, on a different month, he says, hey, counselor, (laughs) we'll see you in court. (laughs) (laughs) He laughs so loud. (laughs) So there's a lot to unpack here, really. because There is. There's so much. Later on, when he's talking to Jennifer, the, the girl that's hanging out with the Katana gang, that's the innocent American girl. He tells her, it's like, he's on the, he's on the number one list for America's most wanted criminals. I'm like, then what is, what is the deal with the lawsuit here? Right. <laughs> You're on the America, like most wanted criminal list. You're going to get arrested on site. Like Am I wrong for this that? restaurant with dirty money? <laughs> like you're exactly right. Everything they have. Oh, on I like, love. Yeah. I love how he explains what drug dealing is to this girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's like, okay, so this is what happens. Like, they have these bad things called drugs, and they sell them. And, and he leans into how it's killing the kids in the country again. He's like, uh, by the way, uh, no matter what he's done for your mother and you, you don't owe him anything. <laughs> this restaurant's been paid for with dirty money. Uh, I think is That's that mansplaining. Scene? It is. It's total mansplaining, which makes sense. <laughs> is that the scene where they're in the office where uh, there's like a Muppet version of Aslan oh, hanging oh, okay. on the wall? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're getting way ahead okay, of ourselves. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, we, gotta, we have movie. to back up. We have to You're back right. up. Because, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because yeah. there's there's an important point that I need people to understand about this oh. movie, and this is going to get to Ken's quote. Um, Excellent. To say so, they ran out of money, right? Because it's seven thousand dollars. That goes quick in Hollywood. Like um, you have breakfast with Danny DeVito. It's going to cost seven thousand um, uh, dollars. By the way, Danny DeVito was in this movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish that were true. God, I wish that were true. Um, so, well, anyways, it started blasting. <laughs> so, <laughs> when they're editing, Amir takes it upon himself to do eighty plus percent of the overdubbing. Yes, and so I get a text from. But he only has two accents. <laughs> yes, and one of them he pulls hey, out. Come here. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have the whole sequence. Um, uh, so Ken sends me this message and ends uh, in his like, uh, you know, uh, hey, hey, we we need a quote. And I and I was like, OK, yeah. And, he, and, and I said, uh, what did they say? And he's saying he this can't was, find it. And this was before Paul watched the movie. I, yeah, I had not watched it. And he goes, it is. Hey, wait a minute. And I'm like, and I said, I responded, okay. 
<laughs> he said, you'll understand. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. So this is four different people coming up to this doctor, this fake doctor. He's disguised as a doctor. And every one of them gets beat up. I, I put almost the whole sequence in because it's important. Hey, wait a minute. I want to talk to you. Ah! Oh! Hey, wait a minute. Stop. Second person. Ah! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wait a minute, doctor. I'd like to talk to you. Can I see some ID? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Just the audio is an incredible experience. I'm not it's kidding. It's great. That's so good. Ken, thank you if for If you would allow that. me to, to backtrack us just, just a second. Oh, speech. yeah, yeah. Robert Zadar wearing a doctor's outfit inside oh, of a waste bin, coming out with a samurai sword. It's just a, a very elaborate <laughs> way to immerse It is incredible. And that is we, the, haven't, we haven't even really mentioned Robert Zadar, who is the heart and soul, I, I would yes. say, of this movie. Oh, yeah. He's that's the one that makes it special, that he makes it touching. He's the <laughs> one that my left cheek matches right now because of $12,000 of medical debt that I now have accrued. Uh, but if you guys can there. fix that. We thank you. The the Patreon of this podcast will help out with that. <laughs> oh, I Do you all know what other movie that he's been in? I I, I, I mean, feel like Vader Kid is has posters of him. Uh, I was there is say, one in particular okay. that I was pretty surprised by. Oh yeah. Does anyone know? I don't. No, know. I I don't because I have one to cite. Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Hold on. Intriguing. On the street, this pig and his cop friends broke my ribs, my leg, and my jaw. You broke that jaw? There's no way Robert Zadar is in Tango and Cash. He is. There's oh no way. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. No way. He was the guy that was driving the uh, Coke truck that went through the windshield. Oh my god. It's Conan. Can this, oh, can this are now. This proves your movie research is far better than mine. Uh, because the Impressive. It is. Undeniable. But the, lucky. <laughs> the only other Robert Zadar movie I was going to cite is from the same director, Amir Shivan, which is uh, his movie Killing American Style. And the only reason I bring it up is because I've seen that movie and I don't remember much of the movie, but I remember one line word for word and its delivery because of how Robert Zadar delivered it. And the basic uh, premise of this one scene without giving the movie away is that he's talking to a uh, person he's kidnapped named Dr. Fuji. And Dr. Fuji asked to make a phone call uh, because his wife will be worried that he's, uh, you know, missing overnight. Uh, Robert Zadar re refuses this request by saying, <laughs> worried? She'll be too busy making breakfast for last night's lover. <laughs> <laughs> it is single-handedly one of the best villain lines I've ever heard in a movie, and I love it so much. It's, it actually uh, gets responded with outrageous laughter from his cronies in the room. And uh, Dr. Fuji slaps Robert Zadar across his massive face. <laughs> this huge misjudgment uh, results with him being called a son of a bitch. And then Robert Zadar <laughs> slaps him six times across his own face. <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. I, it, we, keep, we keep mentioning his, his jaw. Apparently he had, he had this kind of rare disease that made his jaw like huge. And it's like, you know, it, it's – he – he looks like that stereotypical, like just, you know, stone jaw fighter type character. And, um, like I, in 
the the star the star complained about this a little bit that he had he 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 had no idea what his character was like. The only thing Amir told him about his character was that he was from San Diego or whatever. And uh, of course, I, I, love I feel that. like. I feel like I feel like Robert and Sadar kind of had the same thing where it's just like I I have no idea what this character's like but I'm going to go at it 130%. Uh, just whatever it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> also the scene that uh Vader mentioned where he incredibly appears out of a uh hospital like medical trash can roller uh where he's <laughs> about to he's about to cut the head off of the aforementioned burnt man uh before our yeah, horny, our horny nurse scene. So you're the infamous boss of this shit katana gang, huh? <laughs> the music! <laughs> <laughs> that was a representation of all the six I times so, he slapped the face. <laughs> I am so glad, like, I'm so glad you did that, because that 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 little thing was put in in the weirdest places. <laughs> Absolutely. It was so good. Absolutely. Oh. It worked every time. Again, this movie is a fever dream. It's either the cuts are insanely abrupt or they're way too long, and there's no fair play. Like, you cannot tell a, a difference, really, when you're caught up in it. It's incredible. Uh, the, the 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 best part about that scene, and this goes to to Robert Cesar's character in this movie, mm-hmm. is that you're, he's sneaking into a heavily guarded, <laughs> police protected hospital room. Okay, he he manages to do that, you know. He and then he kills, you know, his own guy, yeah. uh, so that he won't he won't tell with an, with 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 a sword, and then he takes the guy's head. <laughs> now. This is no ordinary, just run-of-the-mill thug. No. He goes the extra miles. Like, I'm going to go walk through, like, 500 police officers, but I really need this head. I'm going to bring it. This is like watching someone speed run the game Hitman. It's (laughs) amazing. The suspension of disbelief that happens. Also, the one main cop they did have guarding the hospital room may as well have been from the Mayberry police force. Like, <laughs> right? Well, golly. Golly, what? miss. You can't go in there. Say, the acting there was top. Top yeah. notch. And I love that top. it clearly cuts to him, uh, you know, face to face with the camera, which my favorite part is I just imagine he could not remember his one line and had to look at a cue card directly <laughs> eye contact with the viewer. <laughs> And then he got it out, and then they cut back to him, just like sitting down, like Opie. And he's just like, "All right." <laughs> or Shervon like, just saw him the day of. And it's like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" He's like, "Uh, sure." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to break for a second here. Um, seeing that Robert Zadar was also in a movie called Maniac Cop. Does anyone know about that? He he was the Maniac Cop, I believe. I have not seen that. I've not so this, heard of yeah, that. I, I had I'd read about it today just just enough to know that it was a series of three movies. Uh what? And, and really, really, really makes me want to see it. Bruce Campbell uh yes. is the star of it. Uh, so really? it's Bruce Campbell against I mean, Robert Zadar. I am all over this movie. Okay, if we've all never seen it, Vader, have you seen it? No, I have not. Oh, I this is to. this is a contender for a future episode. I, I think. believe it might be on Prime as well. No way. Look, if we can make this the the Zadar connection to episode two, we've got something going. <laughs> like, how else uh, am I going to justify this twelve thousand dollar cheek surgery? What the hell? Sam Raimi makes a can- uncredited cameo oh, yeah, appearance in it. It is indeed is on great. Prime Video. That's oh, great. Watch Which this. means we could uh, do a live stream. We could do this. Oh, oh, heck He's yeah! Right. He's right. Okay. All right. 
this uh i'm claiming this one people go subscribe go go follow techno funk boy on twitch i mean follow yeah. thrash and vader 2 um not vader 2 <laughs> vader kid 08 <laughs> but <laughs> but follow because yeah we'll, we'll set that up we'll do a uh uh we'll do a watch party for for maniac cop this looks amazing so none I of us have wait. seen it are we going to make a pact to hold off on oh yeah no, no, no it's gotta be so first view we have perfect. to go in fresh we have to go yeah. in fresh you drew, <laughs> no, it, you, you drew first blood <laughs> <laughs> did we talk about the special effects on that hand place it on your piano you you brought it up lightly, Rave, but I think we do need to go into that more. How fast was the van actually going? Like, <laughs> back to the van scene. Clearly, it looked like it was hauling y'all, balls. Y'all, the van scene is one of the best scenes in the movie. It, That's why we keep going moment. back to it. It's, it, it it's really so good. Is. It is my favorite moment. So clearly, a man of Mexican descent is driving the van. The van runs into a dirt mound, explodes. He catches on fire, and a Caucasian man is extinguished. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is can fire change your ethnicity or appearance i'm Look. googling it now wow there's a lot of stuff on this video. the fbi is gonna be at your door excuse me sir <laughs> what do you have what are you planning and then they're like oh you again we 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 already have a file open on you because you're friends with paul so <laughs> oh how do we get that removed <laughs> the, the names of this podcast have been preserved to protect the public. <laughs> oh, so you want his head on this piano? That's my only demand. So I had to be honest. That's a clip that's never going to leave my soundboard now. I want his head on this piano. <laughs> Excellent. It's be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Oh. I, we need to talk about him, too, in fact. Fujiyama. Fuji. Was I the only yeah. one who, uh, to whom it sounded like he was speaking with a Spanish accent? <laughs> Absolutely. He, I got that vibe, dude. At the very yeah. end, he he drops he drops his uh his his accent because he tries to go as deep and as vocal fry y as possible the entire movie. Oh, he does. That's actually my favorite part is his entrance. Because the he in the end he does drop it, but his entrance is incredible because at this point we've heard, you know, people refer we've heard Akamura and uh, Robert Zadar referring to the boss and uh how you know he's gonna be pissed off or about the cops who are on his tail and all that stuff. He comes downstairs. He appears at the top of the stairs of his house uh before the aforementioned piano downstairs, and he walks down very slowly and silently. And you kind of see a cut to everybody in the room, hush silences. Robert Zadar and his cronies are putting down their glasses of uh you know cocktails or whatever. He's still completely silent, walking downstairs. Everyone's kind of whispering, Here's the boss, here he comes. And he puts his elbow on the mantle and then shouts at a level of volume that is 20 times louder than anyone else in the room (laughs) (laughs) and gives his speech about these men are here to kill me. They are here to put me away. As you said, put me behind bars and in the gas chamber. And uh, that's where (laughs) the gas chamber. I love it. That's (laughs) what first picked up on what Ken mentioned, which was the Hispanic flair, which uh, was not only present in our flamboyant waiter at the restaurant. (laughs) Oh, the waiter. Oh my gosh. Waiter's incredible. Uh, But yes, that, uh, that Hispanic accent. And he talks so loud. I was like, is this an episode of Dragon Ball Z? Is my audio messed up? (laughs) What is happening? So the the red over 9,000, the the red haired lady, like I think in every single scene, 
she's like, here comes the boss. I'm like, do I need you to establish this? Obviously he's the boss. (laughs) And it's another one of those classic examples, Vader, of where the room, the, the, the wallpaper behind her is a dark mustard yellow. And the rest of the house it cuts to is a vibrant, like white cream. And I'm like, they filmed her scenes completely in a different house. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. I think she would have also had the same line with Zadar in the sex scene. Yes. But he got interrupted. Yes, and can I, I uh, you brought that? Oh, go ahead, Dad. Oh, uh, we we while we're while we're on on the on on the boss, uh, this is this is important uh, because I consulted with somebody who is fluent in Japanese on how to pronounce his name, and it's actually Fu- Fujiyama. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so Are you nailed you Fu- Fujiyama? <laughs> Are you Fuj Fujiyama? I said this is huge. I'm a cop. <laughs> <laughs> the bong is the best. <laughs> I am. Who are you, Speedy Gonzalez? <laughs> I want his head on my piano. <laughs> I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. <laughs> this is incredible. I'm, I'm willing to say this is the best episode of any podcast. Uh, oh yeah okay so the 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 redhead sex scene which interrupts an action scene that was not completed uh that just just they they called their they called their friends from new york who in their in their japanese gang were all black um (laughs) who show up and they try to and uh they they try to take out um samurai cop and we get amir's second vocal dialect Yes, yes. Correct. <laughs> and uh and he's fighting them. He's doing pretty good. And he's almost through all of them. One guy, one guy was using a stool mm-hmm. as a shield against bullets. A stool. Uh and he died real quick. Which is crazy <laughs> because we we've already established in this film that a human chest can withstand four bullets before dying. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, much uh, human chest can withstand more bullets than a stool can for sure. And actually, uh, Robert Sadar proves this by shooting his own men in the parking lot of that restaurant uh, <laughs> at least four times each. Hey, wait a minute! That oh, hey, that wait scene, a minute. hey, wait a minute! Scene was so good. Uh, it's anyways, incredible. Um, so they cut to the sex scene because Amir was bored editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, look, this is what I really wanted to see. He's he's 62 years old. <laughs> this is what I mean about yep. being a little juvenile. And he's like, look, can we just get to the redhead, please? And and he starts doing that. And then that's just abruptly interrupted as well. My favorite part about the, uh, the story of that, and this is the only research I know from uh, watching this previously with a friend of mine, but uh, he informed me that this scene was the first scene the redhead filmed for the entire movie. Was the love scene <laughs> with Robert Zadar? <laughs> That's amazing. It is amazing. Could you imagine? Hey, I got a new job. Oh, this is the new job. <laughs> okay, we are. <laughs> I'm back. I, was, I just had to watch. I'm just thinking, like, I'm just thinking, like, uh, in this next generation episode, how disappointing it would be if, like, she came in, it's like, okay, my first day, uh, sexy guest star on on <laughs> on Next Generation. Here comes. <laughs> Here comes the dar. He's in there. It's like, oh no, it's him again. No. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> what episode was that? For listeners, no for listeners, Vader Kid found um uh the redhead because there's there's there only exist five women in this movie. Um 
Was she the one listed as female henchwoman? <laughs> yes. Yes, she was. Yes. Um, so the the two the two blondes, <laughs> the redhead, mm-hmm. horny nurse, and mother. <laughs> That's it. And uh, but the redhead was apparently in Next Generation, and um, wow. she's not being talked only... talked to by Riker, which is not surprising me one bit. Nope. Uh, According to I got a Robert Shador vibe. Forty three episodes of the Next Generation. What? Who? Yeah. What, what? Did she have a name, or was she just a regular extra? Ensign Kellogg, also wow, a your... Cardassian officer and a Prit guard. Part wow. of your complete breakfast. She was also in <laughs> first contact. <laughs> been in quite a bit. Episode of Seinfeld. Really? I wouldn't mind her in my holiday. What? What, <laughs> what episode of Seinfeld? It doesn't say. It was just one episode. In 1992, she played sexy woman in restaurant. That's about right. Ep- episode <laughs> yeah. of Cheers. So there's a chance she played sexy woman in bar. Woman in bar. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a no. chance that either Jerry flirted with her or Jace or uh, George embarrassed himself in front of her or <laughs> Woody or <laughs> she uh, was not crew sexy was in that one, apparently. Okay. All right, we're we're rolling again. Okay, good. We got the Luke Mike, my Michael impression because I'm not going to redo it. <laughs> like it's it just was, a little bit higher voice. It was so good though. <laughs> Shimona, who is that? The man in the mirror. <laughs> Shimona. You know, if you wanna, if you want to make the world a better place, just take a look at these hardworking Japanese immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate businessmen, <laughs> not for dumb. I'm telling these son of a bitches <laughs> that we respect the Japanese of this country for honest businessmen. I like so how good. you can tell that both he and Thrash were not reading. From a script at the time. <laughs> Thank you. I like I said. I'm I'm only using the soundboard that God gave me. <laughs> oh man. Um, I I, I did want to come back. <laughs> oh, did want to come back to Robert Zadar with a machine gun in the parking lot. Yes. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> he like like so like after after doing this rousing. I think this is right after this rousing speech about it is how we, how we love our 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 Japanese friends. Um, right after we meet the waiter, directly after. Right, and and like because this is the way that that you know mafias do things all the time is immediately like before the people leave the 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 premises, try to kill them in plain sight of everybody in the middle of the day. Absolutely. Also, do you like how Robert Zadar is standing on the porch of the restaurant, letting each henchman like through like it's a carnival ride? He's right. like, oh, one, yeah, one at a time. Go. One. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. You're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> okay. Wait. 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 The uh, the the Ferris wheel doesn't have any capacity nope. right now. <laughs> just <laughs> so this is extended fight scene, and then just he just appears with a machine gun, and and like Danny DeVito, this is why Danny DeVito wanted this part. Uh, he just started blasting. He started <laughs> blasting. My favorite part, and I don't know if you guys noticed this on your first watch, uh, uh, Paul and Ken, but um, he brings out his prop Uzi because it is an Uzi. Mm-hmm. And he has one of those wonderful, uh, you know, attachment stabilizers that is on the back of it. Uh, what he fails to do is even the stabilizer level with the Uzi. 
So he basically <laughs> is pointing the Uzi down at the ground and the stabilizer is pointing down at his inner elbow in an angle that if this were a truly firing weapon, it would fire down into his foot is what I'm imagining physically would happen. Well, and, this, and this explains why um, <laughs> Joe and Frank have a chance to look up, go, oh, or whatever they said, and then like look around for cover and then die for cover without anyone being hit at all. <laughs> no, except Robert Zadar then, which uh, Joe and his partner clearly can't do, kills all of the henchmen he sent <laughs> right? on the carnival yes. ride for them. Which and, not only – it's a great way to establish a villain. Sure. Oh, whose side is this guy on? He doesn't even care. He'll kill his own people. Sure, it establishes that in a way. But it also establishes that our heroes are inept as hell. Yes. It does. And it takes and, the own bad guys to kill their own bad guys for them to get out of a parking lot after a lunch. And, and like I don't know how many rounds he goes through. It must have been at least 15 million it it was. They only showed him changing a clip one time, and the reason right. I remember that is because he fumbles through that entire process. And I was like, "Well, that's clearly the old." They had time for that take alone. Hey, they got over. look. He did better, and this is jumping to the end. But when the redhead is using the Uzi, she fires oh, three yeah. shots, three, and, yeah. and runs out of bullets and has to change the clip out. <laughs> Terrible time to have a weapons malfunction right there. I know, clearly jammed and didn't work as it should. Oh, but this but, is clearly like, why we need a ban on. Large large count magazines. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the ban actually went in effect while they were filming this movie. Yes, yes. Between between the middle of the movie and the end of the movie, exactly. Um because the Katana Robert, King follows laws. <laughs> yes. I do wish I knew what Katana meant. Um <laughs> Zadar is about three, four feet away from them, just blasting through two clips. And Hits his own people like 30, 40 times. Doesn't come close to hitting Joe and Frank. No, no. In fact, he hits one of the henchmen who's leaning against uh, the car, which they had some great like chest bullet pops on his uh, black tank top. Oh, and that was, was good. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I appreciated that practical uh, effect. Yeah. Of it. But the, the best part is, is uh, our two heroes are – just hiding behind that very same car in a bush like cowards (laughs) (laughs) during this entire exchange and my also favorite part is of course us as an audience gets to react to the fact that this insane uzi wielding man is killing his own men neither of our two heroes either notice nor comment on the fact that this has happened through the entire exchange they are just trying to stay alive i can only imagine just for reference the israeli uzi has a 25 round magazine standard so if that if it helps you out at all 50 rounds <laughs> only hit your own people only for like 100 percent rate of friendly fire it's incredible <laughs> and, Great. and yeah and then and then and then joe goes and asks out the owner of the same restaurant yes like oh, immediately you, afterwards. Yep, you're getting ahead of. There's a very, very important part that happens after yes. Zadar pulls a grenade, blows up. Frank's oh, car. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. He yes. runs out of bullets. <laughs> right. and he starts blowing Dialogue. crap up. Thank you, Vader. And, and yeah, it goes a little something like this. God, and look what they've done to my car. Captain Roman's gonna burn my ass. Yeah, he's <laughs> gonna burn it. Charcoal black. 
<laughs> it is black. Right on. <laughs> right on. Right on. <laughs> Unbelievable. One of my favorite quotes. Oh, yeah. In, in the entire film, right there. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like I, like, I was laughing at, at this Uzi scene. And then, and then he pulls out the grenade. It is like, holy crap. This is like a small restaurant <laughs> in the middle of a city at noon. And he's just wrecking this entire parking lot. And that's the best. And, it's the best. And this, and this is something that like goes to Jennifer's character because Jen- Jennifer is, is the, is our second blonde here. The all American um, girl who's the, hanging out with the geek. Right, like the uh, the real <laughs> love know. interest, not the department hoe. Um, <laughs> I she, whipped my head around my shoulder when that happened. I thought some a ninja was sneaking up on me. Oh my god! She she like um she has no sense of the things that are actually going on around her. So like this this firefight with explosions happened in her parking lot, and then. Then, you know, then like she has a conversation with one of the people who caused the firefight, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll go out with you later when they actually do the date. And I'm getting ahead. But just to connect the two, she um, she they they have the the next sex scene. They're interrupted by bad guys because everybody gets interrupted during sex in this. Yeah. Um, Including the bad guys, including the bad guys. (laughs) And, uh, and they, they have this whole fight. They have to run away. They have to get in the car and flee. Oh yeah. And then she goes to her mother and she's like, I think I'm in love. I had a really great date. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't owe Fujiyama a damn thing anymore. I'm in love. And by the way, right. this is where I brought up the fact that in the background, another thing that's not acknowledged yeah, is okay, there's we a, do a, need, we a do Muppet need to know. version the, of Aslan, yes. the lion <laughs> or whatever. Okay. All right, so they asked, like, uh, so Red Letter Media, and by the way, like, this interview was seriously good. Uh, Matt Hannon has, a, like, a great, he, he seems like a genuine, genuinely cool dude. And that he had a, happy. he had a great sense of humor about this movie and, and worth laughing along with the guys. But they asked him about this, and he's like, I don't know. I think it was in the house that we borrowed. But it, it was, like, it wasn't put there on purpose or anything. But it is. It is a mounted head of a lion, except it's Muppet. It's a yarn yeah. lion. Yeah, it's a yarn lion. Absolutely. It's incredible. <laughs> and we only bring it up because we were forced to notice it by the cinematography of this film. Yeah. Like it, it, there it, are shots of her against the wall where it is truly t- it is the focal point and two thirds of the frame of the show. Yes. Yes. So no, they intentionally the, put this in the show, in the movie. The thing you have to know about, like, so bad, it's so good, like the cult following, they will stick on something. And for Samurai Cop, this is one of those items that they they focus in on. Yeah. Like the the yarn lion is a a thing with fans. From the very first watch, even if you only see it once, you know what we're saying when we say yarn lion. You've seen this movie one time. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) wild. (laughs) I just, I love Amir, like, you know, it's like, hey, we borrowed this house. We're getting to do it free. We got to hurry up. This is going to kind of be our restaurant scene. This is a really nice place. Like, the mafia is kind of funding it. So, you know, it's kind of cozy and all this. Hey, there's this weird fucking yarn lion uh, over uh, you know, over the mantle, it's like okay. Well, we'll make that a feature then. We like, have to. like that's the it's mascot a, of the restaurant. It's you one know? of three things: 
it, either Amir insisted that they keep it up and feature it in the film prominently, or the homeowners of the, f- the house they were filming in insisted that they could not take it down. <laughs> or it's like the <laughs> clown painting in the office uh, from the, the house that Jim bought from his own parents that yes. simply cannot be removed. It's bolted in. <laughs> this is this is one thing. And, 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 and Matt Hannon was talking about this as well. It's like they did no effort in redecorating places that they borrowed. So like that. when they get to the chief's house – where they killed the chief's wife. Oh my God. You all see the all posters. these, they, yeah. they have all these trophies and plaques and stuff. The person they bought it from, uh, borrowed it from was like this, like this Kung Fu, like champion. Like these were his actual trophies that he had won and stuff. But this is the chief's house who is kind of a pathetic dude. Yeah, he oh, is. Yes. That's and, my favorite part. It's like, what, you, like, where do you get all these, tr- these Kung Fu trophies? Like you're not, help you're not fighting these guys at all but do you know how i think they justified it do you remember what the chief is doing at the intro of that scene where they establish he's in his house and his wife who's about to be you know killed by the robert zadar and crew uh is reading a magazine on the chair he's lifting weights okay did i did i did i miss this does he like kiss one of the weights as it's coming up he basically yeah, is very intimately <laughs> looking at his arm. I think he kisses either his bicep or the weight. Oh, it might be the bicep. Yeah, okay. But yeah, like, like but these, that's are how not, they these are not heavyweights, okay? I, 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 yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, they're not heavyweights at all. And the best part is I think Amir is like, yeah, we have this house where there's all these plaques of like uh, fighting <laughs> my, tournament championships. It's like, let's just My only criticism lately. to him is that he missed this opportunity with Peggy. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Cause she, she earlier in the show, she was like, "Do you want to, you know, you want to fuck?" That also <laughs> confused me. She calls him preacher. Bored. She calls him preacher. She does. She's like, she calls him and, preacher, and he has a name tag on his uh, you know, uniform that says Johnson. Exactly. So I'm like, why? <laughs> why is she calling him preacher? Why is she calling him preacher? Yeah, no context <laughs> at all. That's your pet name. Probably so. <laughs> especially, especially because with in a movie with so much innuendo. The Johnson name would be the you know the one that you would want to go with exactly, and like I said, Horn Mountain aspires to this level of innuendo. That's what I'm <laughs> just something I'm aiming for. This is my goal. It's top tier innuendo. It's top tier. Oh my! God. Oh, I do have some notes to read from the fight outside the restaurant before we yeah. continue. That's okay. Oh please! The, the, and, and this is this is like the ch- like the car chase scene is one yes. of my favorite scenes because of how ridiculous it is. There's so much packed in. So my notes are the most improper way to handcuff someone. They pulled an Indiana Jones. Oh God! Then yes. they pulled a Star Wars Cantina. Then Robert Zadar started <laughs> shooting his own guy with an Uzi. I forgot his partner. Joe's partner cuffs one hand and holds his, that hand against the the trunk of a car, and then the guy pulls his own gun out of his waist pocket and is like, "Hold it against him." You're exactly right. Is that the guy? It didn't look like the hand. Like it looked like he was trying to cuff him, but they didn't fit, and he was just trying to improvise or something. It's incredible. Yeah, he cuffed one hand and then got a gun drawn on him they ten probably, seconds later out of his own pants. He, they probably like got him and, and like you know he like he's like pulling out the cuffs. He's like, wait a minute, shit. These are the these are the play ones from Peggy's bedroom. Crap. You know? <laughs> so so I will say like the the things in most action movies that bother me. Uh, you know, they're, they're not just in this movie, but they're in a bunch is, is the gun stuff. Like I notice things about guns and it, it bothers me, yeah. but the handcuffing in this movie really stuck out to me because I, yeah. I actually have been trained to how to hand, how to handcuff somebody. 
I know you have. <laughs> it's just it's, <laughs> no, Vader. You've been handcuffed. You've been handcuffed. Is not considered being <laughs> trained <laughs> how to handcuff. Look, I work for a bank. I've taken anti-money laundering courses. That means I know how to launder money. You know what I mean? Like same thing works with handcuffs. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, by the way, if you if you put one cuff on someone, you have to immediately put the cuff on like the next hand as quickly as you can. Because why? They could use that as a weapon, and it's happened. Like they oh, can yeah. they can straight up swing around, and that that handcuff becomes a bludgeoning object. They can hit you in the face. And how many times? How many times have they handcuffed somebody in this movie where they just do one, and they're just like, eh, I'm "It happens at least three times." And my favorite thing about what you said is, yeah, they could use the handcuff against them if they wanted to. No, there's just a gun in range that happens to be tucked into the crotch side of a person's pants that is handcuffed. Oh, no. so oh, okay, it, it, and I like. I, I meant to say these two things earlier. I need to I need to put them in here because if anybody's trying to bail on this podcast, please listen to the end because we have an original song by uh by Vader Kid and Matt Han. It's so good. <laughs> Vader, you outdid yourself on this one, buddy. I rewatched it here because I have a feeling this is going to be a two parter. <laughs> I was about to say, unless we're, unless we're beating Dice Jail Jen's record, which I'm fully here for, this could yeah, be a two-part. That, 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 that might be a good idea. Are you Fujiyama? Yes, I am. Who are you? I'm a cop. The other thing is, um, I I rewatched Kung, Kung Fury today, 
Oh, yeah. And in rewatching Kung Fury, I'm sitting there thinking, this dude must have watched Samurai Cop like 50 times. Oh, absolutely. I, it absolutely. feels so much like Kung Fury was like super inspired by this movie. You know, uh, in our chat leading up to this podcast recording, uh, Vader brought up a good point where it's, it's extremely difficult to intentionally replicate this kind of energy yeah. in any movie. Because the best parts of these movies that we are talking about is the fact that every single person, no matter what the budget is, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the script awareness is, they're just going for it. And no matter what the time constraint was, the budget constraint or otherwise, you were locked into what was captured on camera. And the final product, because of the edits, the music, the delivery of everything, it is something that cannot be duplicated. You can't do it intentionally. Yeah. Kung Fury, I think, is the closest thing that has ever come to we are going to intentionally make a campy, uh, very over-the-top story with exactly the kind of effects you want. And I think they're the only ones, in my opinion, who's ever pulled it off. I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, almost this entire movie was filmed using a single take. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It had to be. There's, there's... Well, film is expensive. Yeah. yeah. So they couldn't afford to do multiple takes. Yeah. The example of like everybody being on point that that I that I I noticed it was and we haven't quite got this part far in the pl- in the plot, but it's after after they go to the chief's house and then, and so, and so Zadar is going to split his men between, uh, between, uh, you know, going to, uh, going to Frank and Peggy, because for some reason they don't know where Joe lives. Like they know where everybody else in the world lives, except Joe, except for Joe. And so imagine that lack of information leading. Yeah. Imagine that lack of information leading to your, and your wife's death. (laughs) That's insane. Uh, but there's there's a scene that uh, there's there's part of it where uh, where Zadar's delivering this speech about you know it's like okay you get the information you know how I like to work you know do the thing and there's a guy this henchman with zero lines in the foreground and he is looking at his gun like he is an escaped mental patient who like is free for the first time in 20 years and just <laughs> took the guard's gun. It's like, this is his only part in the movie besides getting, you know, getting killed later probably, but that's it. That's, that's all so he good. has to do. And and he's just like, no, I'm delivering on this one. This is like, I'm, so I'm on board. Yeah. I can't remember if that was skinny David Crosby, which is the, the guy <laughs> no, that might've been. Yeah. I think it was <laughs> the only person I remember getting killed by one bullet, but it, that's the, basically <laughs> the, the casting level of henchman in this movie is skinny David Crosby. Now, how many different guns are actually in the movie? That's so a good you can question. tell by if the you cuts. notice they are constantly reusing firearms in uh, for different characters. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. the redhead uses the same Uzi that Zadar she uses, does. which which is which probably why she runs out of bullets because he used so, all he used of them. All. That's so true. <laughs> there are so sometimes something... where people on different sides of the firefight actually use the same gun. <laughs> the, same, the same shotgun over and over and over yeah, again. That's just sportmanly, or so, whatever you want to call it. Like you just here's toss what the I loved. The, your turn. Here, here's what I loved about um, Joe's character when he had the wig on. He had like a like a different type of pistol, but yeah. when he had his original <laughs> hair, he had an M9. <laughs> it was one thing. I bothered also, me. 
It, oh the only thing that didn't bother me about uh, the the wig transitions of it, and again, it's just as abrupt as the cuts and the long cuts of this this movie, folks. If you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, the wig is just as believable because um, he is wearing impeccable uh, Canadian tuxedo, which is the denim button up shirt and the denim jeans. Somehow they nailed that in the continuity. But yes, the gun they could not bother with. <laughs> oh man. There's there's the scene where uh, they call in their friends from New York. Oh yeah, and they come in the room, and this is this this cracked me up because they they all come in and they tell they they're they're talking to the uh, to the girl downstairs. I guess there is another girl who doesn't get late. Oh, that's um, true. The receptionist for yes. um, for uh, Walt Disney. <laughs> yes, Walt Disney. Yes, who who is being voiced by Amir? Ag- uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was Mark Frazier who who voiced that character. It I was, was going to say whoever voiced voice. that character needs a loz- lozenge or had a horrible cold <laughs> yes. during that. My God, um, he sounds like Chowder. He, <laughs> he uh, they they say you know where is he? And and she's like who? And he goes. They go the guy with the ponytail. Now. I don't remember seeing him in a ponytail this entire fucking movie. Oh, no. Hold on. But I will send but, a picture because in, in the office with Walt Disney, that's the worst no, 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 the no. baseball player ever looked. That, he, he did have a ponytail in that scene. After they and, said that, yes. But it was after they said that. It was because of the wig. That's, oh, that's, right. that's why he had the ponytail in that scene. But they were trying to cover up. <laughs> like, because they were they were trying to like identify him some way. And they're like, "Well, uh, he has to, he has the fucking wig on, so let's you know let's 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 tie it in a ponytail so it doesn't look that ridiculous." And and then and then they they say, "Yeah, the guy with the ponytail, <laughs> he that guy that was the first time that 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 Joe Marshall has ever worn a ponytail in his life because he loves his hair too much." Oh, that's so true. So like, <laughs> how would that be their identifier? Yeah. How would that be their identifier? Now, there's oh. a reason they probably got the continuity right on the clothing. It's because all of the actors were wearing their own clothes. Yes. It has to be true. It has to be true. Exactly. On the, on the clothing, this happened twice. Both times that the sex scene was interrupted. Uh, and, you know, they have to escape really hurriedly. You know, yeah. the first time, like, Zadar, like, leaves with, like, like his undies on, right? And then, and then, you know, slowly gets back his his clothes for a fight scene later. Um, and then it's the same thing when uh, when Joe and Jennifer get interrupted. Um, then, uh, you know, they have to escape, and they kind of hurriedly put on their clothes. But by the time they get to the fight scene, in both cases, they have tucked in their shirt <laughs> and straightened their belt. Yep. Absolutely. Like, that is some impressive detail when you're running for your life. <laughs> it is. And I like that they want to look good while they're fleeing. Yeah. The yeah. It's like, well, look, you know. <laughs> fleeing the cabal of <laughs> Japanese mobsters known as the Katana Gang. <laughs> Gosh, have we – do you have a clip of uh, what does Katana mean? Did we play that? I did. I, I didn't ca- uh, capture that one. Okay, that one. That one. I might have to clip and insert because it's worth it. It's worth it. This is like we were. We are told that Samurai Cop is fluent in Japanese. Yep. And and then for Frank to go, what does katana mean? He goes, it means Japanese sword. <laughs> it means Japanese sword. I'm like, oh yeah, of course. What does katana mean? It means Japanese sword. Also, <laughs> to be a bit pedantic, but there is never actually a katana in the movie. They're um, all wakizashis. There is. <laughs> You're right. There's one wakizashi in the restaurant. Fight. They are in horrible shape. 
They are. Like, when they zoom oh, in, yeah. you can see chips and stuff all over You can over see the them. chips. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Do you remember when the, the guy who pulls out the katana in the restaurant parking lot gets uh, shot, of course, three or four times into the bed of the truck? Uh, when he pulls – before he gets killed uh, by Robert Zadar, of course, um, <laughs> he pulls out the chippy katana – and he clearly meant to throw the sheath of the katana into the bed of the truck that he falls into later. But he throws it so hard that it loudly hits the back of the restaurant wall behind him. And it's so funny to me. It's such a quick moment. But he just unsheaths his sword and it just goes – it hits the back of the building. It, it clears the truck like magnificently. It's incredible. I, I tell you what, I think Robert Zadar is to blame for like 83% of the of the murder rate in L.A. I completely <laughs> agree. Uh, yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> I think one of those stray bullets went to the L.A. riots. I can't prove it, but I think it happened. It's the same timeline. So I, I think we, <laughs> we skim past a very important character. Uh, his name's Akamura. Oh, yes. And he I mean, have we basically... There yet? Yes, I think we kind of went past and back and Oh, past. yeah, we keep going. Yeah, we, we're going all over the place. And oh. fair, fair enough, Akamura is truly like the opening I mean, shot of the movie with him talking to We have to, to talk about that fight. And, and the oh, awkward yeah, yeah. fist bump that him and Robert Zadar have at the beginning. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my other favorite parts of this again, film. Again, only one take. You know, you mess up the fist bump, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, uh, Akamura, right, he's apparently, like, I looked him up. He's got some street cred as far as films go. He's he, he was in, oh yeah in like uh, Mortal Kombat and some other films. But he helped. He's like a martial artist. Like yes. he's legit, like trained. Yeah, and he helped choreograph a lot of the fight scenes, which arguably are you know there's there's some weight to some of them. But a lot of them, they had like 20 minutes to just make up their own bullshit. Vader, I know you've seen Andy Sedaris movies uh, like me, and uh, he yes. is in a bunch of those. And actually, mm -hmm. in the later films, he is uh, playing a across Julie Strain because they're partners in this uh, lethal law force or whatever. And uh, it's incredible because I did some research on him as well. And you're exactly right. He hosts – he used to host his own annual martial arts tournament where he would curate and gather – all of the best like stunt actors and fighting, uh, you know, martial artists uh, outside of film and inside of film and just host his own uh, tournaments. Oh. He has apparently a great sense of humor and guys just an incredible choreographer of, of fights. Yeah, you're exactly right. I've yeah, heard I about that. It's on a mysterious island and it's uh, <laughs> yeah. a state, state of Earth. I, <laughs> exactly. I, and uh, I can't remember. Your soul is mine. He's, is, <laughs> like, he's, he's got some serious like. Oh, he was in Samurai Cop too. That's awesome. But like, yeah, I have to take offense that you referred to it as some other movies. <laughs> he was, he in, was also in Big Trouble, Trouble in Little China. Oh my yeah. god! Yes, he was. He was in, my in Little Tokyo. That's a lot of stuff. Yep. Hot Shots Two. Yeah, no way. He's like he, no. He's he's been in some, Power Rangers. Some is another great. One. Uh, I am. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Blade yeah. Runner video game. What? But my one note on the character Akamura is that he has a Defender arcade cabinet in his house. Yeah, that's uh, from Amir Shivan's own office. Yeah, that's that's it. his office. That's Amir's <laughs> office right there. Uh, I, I do love that, that fact, and I love that they just included it in the movie because uh, there's also uh, over that arcade cabinet as soon as it's introduced. There's also a fair, I think one of the most dramatic uh, jump over a sofa cuts for both Joe and his partner. They kind of launch into the air. You can't see the ground. You can't see the couch they're leaping over, but it's just a, a wonderful piece of cinema. <laughs> oh, man.
Uh, um, I, I, I just read my note. I want the lion head. Uh, <laughs> yes, we oh, all do. Oh, in the parking lot. Let's go back to the parking lot real quick because the guy with the bat is in the parking lot. Yes. And he's trying to do a move that looks no, threatening. No, 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 no. There's a, it's right after it goes to a fight club. And the guy with a baseball bat, like, like, I don't know why they go to a fight club, but the guy, like, you're talking about the guy with the baseball bat that swings it around, right? Yeah, like a goofball. Yeah, no, that's in the that, fight. That's club. that's later. Okay, that's in the fight. Okay, in the club. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's actually. I'm so confused by that part, and I have been <laughs> yeah. first seen the movie. It immediately cuts from like like after the restaurant scene, like they go to the captain, and then they go like Joe goes to visit uh, Jennifer, mm-hmm. and then it goes to like a fight club scene. And I don't know why he's there. No, it is, it's not explained. But he, the guy's like, he's swinging around the baseball bat like. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, just, it's, I mean, that's so hard just. to explain. Yeah. It like, yeah, like he, he's trying to do the, like the cool move that we all learn as, as kids, you know, with a stick. Oh, with yeah. a bat, but it's, <laughs> it does not come across. And uh, again, we, we only have. We have money for one take. You blew it. it. You know, this was your chance. Um, and Paul, you're exactly right. You've brought up a few good points about the fight scenes and the sex scenes and the direction in general. It is basically just a kid version of an old man making a movie. Like, yeah, all the fights are the imagination of a kid who are like how guns work, how how bullets work, how trajectory works, how many bullets it takes to kill a man. Same with the love scenes. The abrupt uh, interruptions are just as uh, you know highlighted as just the awkward groping of a butt and uh, you know just kind of <laughs> wandering around uh, with your hands and just uh, kissing awkwardly uh, against someone's uh, under nose and uh, right below their lower lips. So just I, and I really <laughs> and I really think that this is this is what we've seen over and over and over again. Is Amir will not yell cut? No, he won't. And and I really think that like the actors are like, are we are, are we, we still in the sex scene? Okay, are we supposed um, to fully bone down? What's going like, on here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, what is he going to stop? I, I don't know. Rub my butt some more. I don't know. What are we doing? You know, these scenes are going going on way too long <laughs> in general. But <laughs> now, I'd like to point out that Amir has a perfectly good excuse for not knowing about how guns actually work because he was born in Iran. That is true. That's a fair point. No wonder her clip stopped after three rounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Another note I had on uh, how they just would not change the decor in any house is that in in uh, in Joe's house when oh yes please when, when they're uh, when he's brought Jennifer back he's got like teddy bears everywhere in his yes. kitchen in his kitchen or sorry yes. dining room it's weird. because he's he's emerging from the kitchen with uh, his you know wonderful chicken dinner and birthday cake but yeah there's a fucking Wait, teddy bear the birthday cake he's like he's in a speedo yes exactly which, and he's carrying a birthday cake he's like did they say it was her birthday. But did they, they did, did say it, okay? Did. He was trying when, to when, ask her out. Yes, exactly. Vader. He oh, kept asking her out, yeah. and she denied it. And she was like, "No, I'm busy that day." And he's like, "How about Sunday?" Sunday? He's like, "I go birthday. to church." He, she says, "I go to church first uh, yes. because she goes, "I go to church on Sunday." And he goes, uh, "She goes also that's my birthday." And he goes, "Okay, well, what church?" God, okay, okay. And she's like, "The Episcopalian <laughs> Church." And he goes, "Oh, I know the one." 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I'm, I'm sure Joe knows where all the LA. churches are. I wrote in my notes, Episcopalian. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wrote in my notes uh, at, during the sex scene, Episcopalians are freaks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a potential uh, episode title. So, yes. Yeah, like, I'm very happy of, with it. Of, like the Episcopalian, like, like kind of thing with Joe, he shows up at the church. When at the church, out, exactly. And says, I need to take you back to the station to question you. And then he takes her back to the house. To his house with the teddy bear. Not creepy at all. No, no. and she even, she asks as soon as they come in. Is this, this where is you not abuse of power. Is this yeah. where you do all your questioning? And no, by the just, way, it's where I serve birthday cakes in a Speedo. By, by the way, Frank has a super nice house for an L.A. cop. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and, and and that's that was one of the things is like the the continuity in this scene is amazing but like they 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 get in their swimsuits and then they walk down to the beach and then it cuts in their back up at the house in the pool uh but stuff like uh, the one thing that really stuck out about this for me is that like the bad guys are like torturing peggy Oh God! Yes, for the, the, his information, the, and she's holding out scene. so yeah. that he can finish getting laid. And this is something that I I really appreciate. And uh, this is something that Frank brought up <laughs> earlier when they were trying to when they were trying to catch Zadar, and and they 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 stick you know they they look in the window and uh and and, and Frank was like you know what well, what's he doing. And uh, Joe said something about his like his last fuck, and it says, "Well, let him finish or we'll something." Finish. <laughs> it's like, well, thanks, you know, to looking out for a brother. It's great. I love, that's why I love the partner even more. He's truly Frank my is Frank is great. Yeah, Frank Broco, is the best. Fr- exactly, Frank gets it. Which it's is why I think he Frank, didn't see the script. Frank and the captain for me. Honestly. Yeah, the captain's also this great. Good, yeah, but but yeah, I think like, Frank's my favorite. The scene where Robert Zadar is pouring. I guess fried egg with crazy eyes on it. Looked to me, I thought it was oil. And so I uh, can kind of, of, you know, sympathize and agree that maybe Peggy deserved the torture (laughs) because who the fuck boils water in a frying pan? (laughs) Okay, yeah, was it water? Oh my god! Oh, who knows? Like that? Yeah, it didn't make much sense. Yeah, it didn't make much sense what she was trying to do there, but um. Yeah, also one of my favorite parts about that scene real quick is she grabs that frying pan before they do this torture, and she's cooking in her kitchen while they're creepily staring through the window. She, <laughs> the window. She, we got to talk about that. Great, great great head, she <laughs> lifts the frying pan <laughs> off the stove, walks to the freezer, and I'm like, who walks to the freezer for something you're about to cook holding a frying pan that's heated in one hand? So <laughs> What do you know? It's better. All time. I don't know okay, if you'll notice kid, I'm sorry. <laughs> But when they come in, she opens the drawer like she's struggling, right? She opens the drawer, and there's obviously there's a automatic pistol, an M9 Beretta. That's the staple police gun, right? It's the only she thing in the drawer, drawer too. And there's exactly, M9 yeah. Beretta right there in the drawer, and she's like trying to get out. She finally grabs the gun and pulls it out, and it's a pearl-handled <laughs> revolver. <laughs> it's like completely different. I did not notice <laughs> that. Like, that's incredible. I was like, this is great. It's probably I mean, because they realized they were out of nine millimeter blanks. Right. Yeah. Like shit, we got to change guns. 
It's so good. Also, I mentioned that she could have just shut the original top drawer, and then the second drawer has like eight guns in it. And then the bottom drawer is a junk drawer with 12 guns in it. All the cops I know, that's an accurate description of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Real quick on the window, and this this actually goes back to the Zadar sex scene as well, is like... (laughs) Like people are not trying to be sneaky with these windows at all. They're standing like uh, 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 Joe goes and stands right in the sliding doorway, like watching creepily, um, and then and then gets gets foiled by a locked sliding door. Like guy, check check that before you warn him. But going over to Peggy's house <laughs> with uh, with Zadar and his two henchmen, which is one of uh, one of which is Skinny David Cross. Yeah, they both. <laughs> They both get like all up in her kitchen window, like they do. two inches away from the glass, standing fully upright, just watching her. Like if she had turned around for a half a second, like none of this would have happened. It's incredible. And, and yeah, they, they they creepily stare at her for a good 10 seconds. And then it cuts to Robert Zadar further checking all of her windows. And you find out why in about like 30 seconds when he finds – a window that will slide open horizontally. Uh, but before then he is, <laughs> he's just seemingly checking her weather stripping, like on the, <laughs> the top of her windows. Like if he's trying to open a window, he's running his finger against the top of the weather. stripping. He's like, okay, this one's not going to open. I'm like, well, if that's what your goal is, you're not checking the right part of the window. My he's man. getting distracted. He's like, man, this is not sealed properly. <laughs> yeah, she's, is, she's, she's losing a ton of money on electricity. She's going to get ants. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he's just trying to do her a solid. Right. Yes. Yeah. We scarred you horribly. And, but you know, we're protecting you at the same time. <laughs> protecting you from bugs. Yeah, every choice in this movie, like the, the the amounts of dialogue they let run versus these kind of scenes are just a perfect combination. Right. And it's like and at this point in the movie, I'm like, I'm still <coughs> I'm still not 100 percent clear on to Joe and Peggy's relationship. Of course. And and I felt kind of bad for her that yeah. like she's like she's trying to protect her boyfriend while he's banging another girl. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And there's a scene I, I like, we're kind of cutting across this like a Christopher Nolan movie or a Tarantino film. But uh, <laughs> bef- before right before the captain gets introduced, do you remember the scene where it cuts to them in the precinct for the first time? And Joe is like sitting on Frank's desk talking to him. But like Peggy's behind him. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, the person he called she called preacher or the, the, the guy we see get murdered later is talking to Johnson. Yes, Johnson. And Joe is just telling a sex story to Frank, seemingly. He's like, so I'm laying there with the most beautiful woman I've ever been with in my life. And Peggy goes, hey. And he literally, like, rolls his eyes, like, raises his eyebrows, doesn't look at her, doesn't turn back and goes, just kidding, baby, you're number one. You know it. But uh, he keeps talking, and he goes, so you know, I called you. And he's talking to Frank, and I'm like, why is he telling Frank the story if Frank is the person he called? Like, Frank is the one who knows what <laughs> happened in this story. Like, he's the only person who knows. And then, because, the, uh, you know, Johnson walks off, he's like, I've heard enough of these crazy stories of yours. And uh, Peggy's, like, rolling her eyes the whole time. But that's how we introduce the captain, is uh, our hero just telling a story to Frank that he was <laughs> the second character of. Uh, incredible. By the way, in Wikipedia, the captain is credited as Captain Romer. 
So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's different. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, he had a club so far up his ass. I just hope he can remove it one day. I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass. And it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. He's got to figure out a way to get it out of there. You know, again, you could just cut it at it hurts. Actually, you could just so, cut it as I feel like I have a big club up my ass. You don't have to say it hurts or I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. So, keep that shit going. They're introducing I got news for you. gun. That means you get Getting back to after Peggy gets, you know, boiling water on her belly or whatever. Like Frank, call, like the they go after Frank, right? Yeah. And that interaction is very interesting because they take off his towel. <laughs> and you mean his Obviously, gift? like we all know, like you're not looking, but you can see like the top of the screen. He's got underwear on. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. That's great. He's got underwear on. Like he's basically he, wearing like see. Mike Brady light blue boxers from like the 1950s. Yeah, it's incredible. Exactly. You can see what it is. And and like the guy, the you know, the the mobster pulls out a knife and he's like, he goes, I'm gonna cut off your gift. And and you can watch the movie to see the rest of the quote. <laughs> <laughs> your specific gift. Yes, your we'll, specific we'll call it. gift. And and I just laugh every time I watch that part. <laughs> it is so funny. It is so, so funny. funny. But Frank ends up killing, you know, the gangsters because he gets his gun. He gets his, a pair of scissors and stabs the guy, gets his gun, shoots the other guy. But he calls Joe, tips him off. And just in time when, you know, they're interrupting the sex scene, they have a big gunfight. Jim and Joe escape. In, uh, this is in my notes. Jen, uh, Jen and Joe escape in the red outrun car. The red outrun car, yes. Racing Romano. <laughs> Dude, I wrote the same thing. <laughs> the car they escape in is full on Racing Romano and Digital Deborah. I'm sorry. And if exactly. that doesn't make sense to any it of you me. listeners, I'm sorry. Except they finished the course unlike anyone else on this podcast. What the hell? Oh. What the hell? Oh. My car is Rave was truly, Rave was the only person live in chat who saw me do it. And I literally, as as pure adrenaline I was feeling, and again, if none of you listeners know what we're talking about, please go follow me on Twitch. Uh, guess what? Ken's the only one who saw it, and I acknowledged in the same moment that I was celebrating that he will never admit this happened. He will only deny it. This will become a conspiracy theory that it never happened. And my favorite part is when I posted the YouTube video of it actually happening. Ken was the first person to comment on my Discord. Two words, clearly edited. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. But yes, I thought the same thing, Vader. That makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, It's in my notes, I swear. (laughs) <laughs> I'll screen grab right, mine screen. as well. <laughs> but after that, Jen goes back and she tells her mom that she's in love. Yes. But I don't like music. And as Yamashita walks in. Oh, Fujiyama. Fujiyama. Excuse me. Like, I, I, I like that. That's not the proper reaction to anything that just happened. No, it's really not. You, it shows how unhinged she is. <laughs> I'm just like, like, I don't like, Obviously, I'm not a woman. I don't know, like, getting a, a cake, a birthday cake and a song from a guy in a speedo. speedo is doing anything for me. <laughs> I know. And and Ken mentioned that, uh, obviously, the wardrobe was sourced by the cast themselves. That was clearly a, bes- <laughs> a bespoke Speedo that, God forbid, having to be a tailor for that job. But, yeah, it was clearly custom fit for our one and only Matt Hannon. 
And uh, you're exactly right. It's it's amazing to think about that kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I have the clip of where she talks to her mom. Um, okay. If I can find it real quick. Uh, so um, I, I don't want to skip to the ending uh, because it is an incredible showdown, if you will, uh, where Robert Zadar upholds the Bushido code, of course. But <laughs> just the entire experience. I want to know from, from you, Paul, and you, Ken, specifically, since Vader and I have seen this movie so many times. Did this movie ever drag for you? Did it, you ever feel like you were bored during the watching of this movie? I would have to say no. The pacing was spectacular. It really is. <laughs> it's great. That's yeah. my favorite part. Is the, I've seen it so many times, and I realize that every time where I'm like, this is a movie that does not allow you to get bored because it confounds you the entire yeah, time. No, there's, there's always something, and it's never intended. Never exactly. intended. What it, is occupying your mind was never in Amir's mind. Never once in his life did he stop to consider, you know, that, um, hey, hey, this is the same same Ruger that we've used 15 different times in. <laughs> or this is a different gun from that we pulled out from the kitchen drawer. <laughs> right. <laughs> or or this fire, this fire altered somebody's ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will uh, acknowledge in dialogue. Uh, and, and look at yeah, and and look at like like one of my um one of my favorite bad movies to watch is uh my copy of of the mystery science theater version of Manos: The Hands of Fate. Oh my god, absolute classic! And like I don't think like as much as I like making fun of that movie because it's great. It like it hit me watching it without the mystery science theater guys. It's dread, like, oh, it's brutal. There's some, there's, there are some long, long driving sequences. Yep, long driving sequences, like full pad, or the snot out of me. But like, I, I, you know, last last night when I started watching this movie, yeah, I was, I was so excited by it that I couldn't help but drop all the quotes in there, even though I knew that we were going to be talking about it today. That's really uh, what got me most excited about it was when you yeah. were responding exactly like uh, I, I it wanted. It was so good. To. Like, yeah, this is a perfect treasure of a movie. Yeah. So, Vader Kid, do you have that? Do you have that clip? When Jen tells her mom she's in love, and Fujiyama walks in, it's great. <laughs> it is what great. What's the matter with you? The man has been good to you. I don't give a damn. You know why? Because I'm in love. Because <laughs> the camera gets hands over to Fujiyama and he's just standing there looking. Uh-huh. He almost smiles like when he. Over- I don't know. It. I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, Fujiyama's friends call him Fuge. Fuge. <laughs> What's up, Fuge? What up, Fuge? Oh man, I call him Funyuns <coughs> on a good day, but that's my man, Fuge. And uh, yes, he's the best. But uh, I, I love that whole scene, and I love this whole movie so much. Gosh, yeah, and that, that that scene is in front of the 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 lion again. Yep, it is. <laughs> it is. It just makes it all the more better. It it's, really does. It lion is in high demand. I've seen some interesting things on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Vader, so, Vader, kid, I like. I don't want to ever see your your search history. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason you probably had to go to Japan because that's a safe right. IP, that's a safe IP address for whatever you're it searching. My man, one hundred percent. Hey, I don't, I don't hate Gosh. it. Um, are we so, to the, are we basically to the end? We're kind of to the end now. I think we are, because which is an incredible the, ending the, the, because the, they, the they start 
they start out with with going yes. back to the captain's office. Right. And that interaction is great because the captain has a great monologue um, about like turning, they're going to turn in their badges. He's, he's, he's lost done. his pension. He's lost he's his future. Lo- yeah. He's lost his future. He's lost his pension. He's <laughs> like, I just want you guys to go and kill him. And, uh, <laughs> I got it. Hang on. If this is wrong, I'm sorry, but you know something? I don't give a fuck. That's my favorite. In this world, I want. I want you to find that motherfucking Japanese gangster. I want you to kill him, and I want you to kill every one of his men. I want you to burn his house into a bloodbath. Don't leave anybody alive. <laughs> the bong in this already. That's my favorite. Is the like captain moment when he's like, "I lost my pension. I lost my future." And that is the line before he says, "And I don't give a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> And he's just he's just saying go kill them all, and then Joe and Frank go, and uh, they get to the gate. Oh yeah, and if if our <laughs> film is called Samurai Cop, we can't imagine that this ends in a gunfight, can we? No, of course not. <laughs> it's a battle of God. What does katana mean in Japanese? I cannot figure it out. <laughs> Who knows? I can't figure it out. Word. This is confounding me. Oh, I've been looking um, it up, and I ju- I can't find it. No, I yeah. can't either. I, all I found was porn cat, and I have a lot of diving in to do. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I so uh, so Matt Hannon, who has no training in right. swords, I so much appreciate his dramatic poses. Yes, with a sword that he thinks that he saw somewhere in a movie. Like you can tell in his face, it's like, yeah, oh, okay, maybe outstretched with the blade straight up you know it's exactly. like but yeah it, oh, it totally works and um zadar has uh and and, and going back to like these just shitty blades like yeah you, you can tell like the, the close-ups were done after they filmed the 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 full sword fight exactly and these cheap ass blades are just ding to hell they and, are and there are like, at least two cuts where he's in the wig in this fight yeah, mm-hmm. so Zadar, like, they've been having a gunfight, and, and Zadar's finally like, you know, it's like, hey, you're samurai, let's let's sword fight instead, and and he tells his he tells his his colleague, um, go get my sword, you know, and uh, and, and you expect it to be a good blade. <laughs> um, oh yeah. When when you use the line, go get my sword, that that's like that's it like insinuates that it's yeah. a legitimate weapon. Right. Right, that, 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 that's kind of like when you tell your private caddy, it's like, go get the sandwich. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's the good one. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it, and for him to pull out the shitty weapon. And then, then my favorite part is like the, 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 the henchman just kind of sets up to watch and Frank just kills him. Like uh, you kind of get in the hint that he might be trying to pull something, but Frank's like, yeah, he's going to pull something at some point. So he just shoots him. You know, they pull an Indiana Jones again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So, so does Sadar has another uh, kind of like the kind of like the the uh, the baseball bat scene where he's trying to do a move and it doesn't quite work, and Emir doesn't care. <laughs> just no, keep going. <laughs> no. Uh, but that yeah, this is the start of just a terrible, wonderful sword fight scene that's so yes. bad it's the 100 yard <laughs> walk down 
they're just approaching each other from a very, very far distance. My my favorite part of this is when uh, Joe's got got Zadar kind of wrapped up, and and Zadar is trying to po- like poke the uh, the 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 hilt part into Joe's crotch. And Joe is blocking it by thrusting. It just <laughs> He's like he's he's blocking he's blocking the sword with his crotch. And it's amazing. It's magnificent. It's like one of those like uh, circus road shows where you're like, what is happening? And then you realize what's <laughs> happening and you're like, oh my god. Like I can't stop watching. I never signed up for this, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> And he does like a backwards arm choke hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the most awkward looking position. You're like, what the f- is he trying he to do? He did the same thing on Akamura. Do you remember? Yes. Like, uh, yes he, he, and that's okay, Frank commented on it because he's like, uh, he's like, I think I broke his arm. And it cuts up to, cl- a co- course, a classic close up of Frank where he's like, I know you did. Right. Yeah. And uh, like, so he, uh, oh, he I wrote did down same- that quote. It, it was watch his arm. I may have broken it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it goes to Frank close up and he's like, yeah, I think you did, uh, which he clearly did. And uh, it's yeah. actually Vader to, to your um, to counter your argument. That's the one time that handcuffing one hand worked because the man's arm, other arm was broken. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that, ah, makes, yeah, that sense. makes sense. I got you. Amir oh. got you. <laughs> yeah, like, like he, he is trying, he's trying to do some sort of twist to, to incapacitate them, but it is so awkward. It really is. Uh, but yeah, so, um, so Sadar, uh, Sadar, since he has, since he has failed as a samurai. His own life, and, uh, and and the and the common complaint the entire time it's it, the chief keeps bringing this up is you you know you're not bringing me anybody alive that we can <laughs> we can question all these guys are dead kill them all. Uh, there was also a point in the movie earlier where he, he kills another guy to the chief's uh, chagrin, but he, the chief is not on screen. It's just uh, our hero Joe looking at the corpse and saying to Frank, "That's another dead one." Not captured alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he up with not captured alive. Like, oh, we know. We know they couldn't be questioned. But um, there's a wonderful moment where our titular samurai cop, as uh, as Paul described, raises the, the katana, which I God knows what that is. I don't know what a katana is, uh, what it means. But he raises the katana <laughs> over his head, and he's about to behead Robert Zadar at his uh, bequest. And Frank, in another classic <laughs> close-up, just says, Joe, no, you're a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the only reasoning it takes for Joe to lower his blade and let uh, Robert Zadar take his own life with his suicide him. knife that he kept in his boot. As he explains to Frank, no, let him do it. It's the honor. It's the Bushido code. It's the dirtiest looking knife. It is the dirtiest thing in life, but he goes, it's Bushido code. It's how they die with honor. And then Robert Zadar commences to make the most not honor upholding sound. <laughs> it's like, this is their code. They die with honor. And Robert Zadar just basically makes a sound like. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we missed the part when they're struggling and fighting and Joe's wig actually falls off. When him <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Falls off. He pulls it clearly off falls of his off. Head. Clearly. 
and they just kept it. Again, Amir is like, this is great. Oh my god, they'll think he ripped his hair off. He had to grow it back in the natural perpetuity of this movie. There was uh there was uh during the red letter media um interview, uh Matt Hannon was it, it talks about like how sometimes just like I, I guess out of boredom or frustration or whatever, they would just say goofball shit or do goofball shit. And then when he saw the movie later, he's like, Oh crap, he kept all of that in. Like that was a joke, dude. But yeah, like you can get the sense that either a beard didn't have like, uh, like, I mean, kind of like the Ed Wood thing where Ed Wood just like, he, he did not have the eye for the detail. Like it, 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 it never really passed his vision that the, the gravestone wobbled every time somebody touched it. it right. It's like, it's just, I love that. It's, it's yeah. like, if, it's like, if I, I think a mirror's the same way. Amir is the same way. It's like if George Martin listened to uh, Paul's first version of Yesterday where he's singing Scrambled Eggs. <laughs> and then he's just like, that's the single. That's the song. We don't need to evolve that at all. Let's just go ahead and record it right now. And they just release Scrambled Eggs instead of Yesterday. Right. That's that's the Amir uh, Shirvan version of of the Beatles. It does. It, re- and it reminds me of like of uh, of of a, of a scene from the Ed Wood movie. That um, I can't remember who it is that's uh, bragging about just how quickly Ed Wood gets through movies. He's so fast, <laughs> and, you know, and it's because of, it's because of this is like, you know, I, I, it's the same. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, no, 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 get it on film. It's like, no, it's good. And you're like, I, I mean, is it the is it the the language barrier that you're not understanding? This right. Is the wrong take. Like, this is not the, the one you want. From what I've read about movies, uh, this is actually fitting, I guess, in the the realm of cinematography. But Clint Eastwood is apparently the direct opposite, where he will give no direction on what he wants a take to be, but he will let an actor do forty or fifty takes <laughs> over and over yeah. and over again without giving them any direction. And he just like the actor is just like throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks. And they yeah. get no feedback whatsoever, but it's the op- the anti Amir Shavon where they're like, no, first take's the best take. Let's go. Carry on. <laughs> now, here's a trivia for you. Do you all know of the tentative relationship between Matt Hannon and Tango and Cash, the throwback? No. No. I don't know. So Matt Hannon originally had a job as a bodyguard to Sylvester Stallone. I did know that. Oh, that's that- incredible. Oh, goodness. So, interestingly enough, the reason why everybody thought Matt Hannon was dead was because he was in jail. (laughs) And the reason why he was in jail is because in 1992, he took part in an armed robbery against stealing a Rembrandt painting from a televangelist. Oh, my God. From a televangelist? Which is funny because of all the art and stuff that's in the movie in, in his comments to Jennifer about stealing the chicken, I just think it's ironic. Yeah. And Vader, I, Rembrandt. Yeah, I could not have seen, uh, predicted a single word of that sentence. What? It, es- like, it escalated so fast. <laughs> this is – and what's wonderful about this movie is that clearly, clearly this experience was the catalyst where he's like, okay, show business isn't going to work. Fuck it. We're going to theft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and to add to the irony, the 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 painting was coordinated the like the theft of the painting was coordinated between him and one of the stunt coordinators at the set of Samurai Cop. 
That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I have <sighs> days of research to pour into this movie, even after this conversation. Oh, and this is all off Wikipedia. Uh, I, this is just a little bit of research I put in. And he was he was largely like like you like Techno said earlier about his daughter asking him to you know do a video. He was completely oblivious to the cult status that Samurai Cop had. I love that. And he was just you know okay whatever. He's probably living his life thinking no one will ever see this or talk about it <laughs> exactly. Again. And then he found out. It was like holy sh- shoot shoot him yeah, shoot him shoot him. Well, well, you know, and, and and very realistically, like you know, it does seem like this movie was very close to being lost. Yeah, uh, and they yeah. they found that you know they found the the print uh you know the original print of this film in in a vault somewhere, and and like that's why I think that's why we have it is because yep. of that. And that that clip on YouTube about yep. the nurse. Yep. So YouTube. Good. Like, okay, th- you know, and this is, th- this is like one of the questions I ask new guests is, you know, they like, uh, what, what did, like, what did you see in early internet when you're first on and like early YouTube was so good and you could find just random crap. Oh, it was incredible. And, like yeah, River comedy out there. Yeah. It was amazing. Love it. Uh, so yeah, next up for me is I, 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 I do want to get the riff track of this. This was, um, this was a, this was a great experience for me. <laughs> You'll have a great time with the riff tracks. One one quote that I always stood out to me in the riff tracks was because it's such a, a weird, out of place, harrowing scene of like all of a sudden Robert Zadar is pouring, like Vader said, boiling water out of a frying pan onto Peggy's stomach. They play out that entire scene, and our very own uh, crow, Bill Corbett, just says, "That's entertainment." <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good riff tracks. Oh, do we have anything left for this movie? I think we went through the entire film. Oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, like, look, the, this this episode is several times longer than the actual running time of the film. That's but what I wanted. Not... That's what I wanted was just just double but... the length of the movie. But yeah, like it's so good. And yeah, I <laughs> but think it's we've, for I, a reason, people. Like this movie has a lot of stuff to unpack. There's so much. If you've never <laughs> seen it, please go watch it. That's and if you haven't paused it at this point, based on what we've said, and haven't watched it yet. I hope you enjoy all of the out of context things we said, but please just go watch it no matter what. Um, I had asked y'all, I don't think we said it on the podcast, but I, I had uh, af- after the revival in interest. And once they realized, oh, crap, like the star is actually alive, uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, you know, and, and free and shirtless again for in his I, kitchen. I don't know why. Uh, God, the guy just. Can't oh. put a shirt on. Was, was, like there that bear, was there a teddy bear in that video? I hope there was. <laughs> oh, I hope there was. I gotta find it again. Oh man. Um, but uh, you know, we should uh we should we should do we should do samurai cop too and and intentionally be unintentionally humorous. Sure. Um so does that work out? I'm down with that. I think it's a great continuation if if that's the consensus of the group. No, I'm no, no, not for us. Not for us. Was the movie good? Oh no, the movie's incredible. <laughs> Samurai Cop Two. It's Samurai Cop Two. It's, it's a different. It's a different piece of pie. It is not as good as Samurai Cop One, but actually, like, across the realm of cinema, it is absolutely worth watching. If you're a okay. fan of Samurai Cop One, 
then watch Samurai Cop 2. You will find something to like. It's not as good, but you will find something to like. And it is so over the top that it's worth Going back to what we said earlier, it's hard to recreate that magic. It is. Intentionally, especially. You cannot intentionally make it so bad it's so good. It's impossible. Even if you have Tommy Wiseau in the mix. Even if you have Tommy Wiseau in the mix. Especially if you have Tommy Wiseau in the mix. Yeah, Yeah. it looks like they brought back Peggy. And so brought back a lot of people. Was she like uh, was she like horribly scarred or is she still the <laughs> still the, the department hoe? That's a great question, and I would love to revisit I don't just remember for, just for researching yeah. that. I don't either. Did we talk uh, about the rotten tomatoes scores? Oh no. And should we rate it ourselves? What is the rotten tomato score? Uh we've got an audience score of forty seven percent. Come on. And we have three critical reviews. See, this one confronts us with one of the most jaw-droppingly unsympathetic protagonists imaginable. (laughs) That's fair. That is fair. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because, you know, that guy was awesome. I know. (laughs) I love Joe. We're always, we're all an average Joe. He's clearly a, uh, you know, one of those women's lib guys. (laughs) We have a full, a movie full of incompetent shots, stiff acting, ridiculous action sequences, and second-rate special effects. Yeah. Like, no shit. Get out of your- this, guy, <laughs> this guy clearly misses the whole fucking point. Exactly. Get out of your own ass. <laughs> and the third critical review is, I have no plans on ever watching Samurai Cop again. Well, I that's, a mis- that's a mistake, yeah. But judging that's, by I mean, this guy's choice, picture, he looks like a douche anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look, feel free to carry it along, but I'll, I'll kick it off. I give this movie five stars all day. I think this is one of the... Perfect encapsulations of someone trying to do something that already worked for someone else, but it is their best interpretation through budget, through casting, through whatever. But they pulled it off and they released it. And for whatever reason, it has become a a magical part of my heart. Uh, And I I just say five stars, two thumbs up, satisfaction guaranteed. Go Bellies. Go Bellies. Can we just reflect on the hubris that it takes to sit in a theater and watch Lethal, uh, Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. and think, I could do that. Exactly. Like, and they're doing this in response to it. And, and, and I can do that for $7,000. Yep. <laughs> With no problems. Oh, before I finish, the only thing we didn't bring up was we did mention the flamboyant waiter <laughs> at the restaurant. Oh, yeah. He was That's there. That's worth mentioning. He was there as far as I am concerned, as far as my interpretation of this movie that I've seen it so many times. He is exclusively there to be comic relief, of course, but also he explains the fact that our (laughs) female romantic interest, the only reason she's living with her mom in financial debt is that her father killed himself. How does he explain this? How, what happened to her father? I love oh, bang, bang, bang. He holds a gun, finger gun against his own forehead. And he goes, bang, bang. And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, who shot him? He. Who yes. killed him? Himself. <laughs> <laughs> it is the weirdest context of suicide I've ever seen introduced into a movie. Yes. And before we finish recording, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> and the bang that is, is slightly cut off. It is. It really is. <laughs> And it's like it's truly like an Abbott Costello routine. Who who shot him? He. What yes. do you mean? Himself. Right. Like what is this comedy? Like what is going on? What is the name of the man who killed himself? <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, you got it. Oh, I couldn't possibly tell you that. 
Again, I bring my own soundboard. That was not a soundboard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. See, gosh, that guy was so out of place for everything. It was it wonderful. Was. I was. And honestly, when I saw Samurai Cop 2 in the making, I was like, please make it about the waiter. Please make it about the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and everyone had the same thought. <laughs> right? It that's looked- That's the story I want to follow. Yeah. Oh, so as far as rating goes, like, all right, like, bad movies have a special place in my heart. Like, and this, this was the early influence of, of, of MST3K that, like, just, you know, you, 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 once you watch enough MST, like, you start to see the beauty of it. Absolutely. You know? Indeed. And, uh, and so, like, <laughs> this has been, this has been a passion of mine for, for many years, but this one is like, this one's special. Like uh, I, I mentioned to y'all off off air that my my favorite bad movie is still Cave Dwellers, which was my first Mystery Science Theater. That's a great. And I, and I had only seen half the movie, uh, half the movie uh, at my cousin's house, and I and I I tracked down the VHS to buy it, and I have watched that VHS over and over again. But um, uh, it you know this 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 is up there, uh, you know, up there with that. Uh, with the room, um, uh, you know, films like that that just that are just the, the just the perfect mix of incompetence on every level, just working together. Agree. Perfectly said. There are many movies that fit that description. <laughs> like I said in uh, in our chat, which the the listener would not know, this is in my to- <laughs> this is in my top three best. So bad it's so good films of all time. Um, next to The Room with Tommy Wiseau and Troll 2. And they are equally done very seriously. You know, they're serious films, but done so obscurely. Uh, They're amazing. And I hope we get to Troll 2 or The Room in this podcast. That would be great. If y'all have me back. Because those are, (laughs) those are great. I do, I do have to ask you this, you know, and I... I know I've mentioned this to y'all in the past, but you know how uh, Thrash knows how much I recommend stuff and make him listen to things. Talk show is the latest one. Homework. I love it. I'm, I am happy. uh, I'm happy that you enjoyed talk show because that was a great band. Oh, dude. Uh, It rocks so hard. But did y'all watch Tommy Wiseau's sitcom? I have not. Okay. God, Techno, I forgot you recommended that. I still have not seen that either. Yeah, we might we might need to do a stream or something. Is, that, on, is it on called that. Neighbors or what is it Neighbors, called? yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, I need to get I on I feel that. like I've watched clips of it. But he, the thing about Tommy Wiseau is that after The Room, he became aware of the joke. Correct. Which is why that Sam Rucker... Becomes, go ahead. Yes, yes, exactly. That becomes problematic because now he's trying to ride on the coattails of his mistake, which I, completely... yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't understand he does. what is popular because his exactly. ego gets in the way because he's like, oh, I, I'm yeah. popular for this reason because obviously I'm doing it on purpose. No, what you're doing on accident is the best part, <laughs> but your right. ego's getting if, in the way. If and I can I re- recommend a, a, a book, which uh, I recommend the audio book because it's done by um, it's done by the lead actor. Oh, hi, Mark. Who played, yeah, who, who played in the room. And it's the disaster artist, which they actually made into the movie starring um, James uh, Franco. James Franco. Um, the disaster artist is an amazing book that tells about the making of the room. 
Mm-hmm. And Tommy was so didn't give a shit about anybody on the set except himself. Yeah. And, and he's pulling that's from what some makes weird that movie so good. It is. He's also pulling from weird tr- some weird trust fund budget. That's which is why that movie was not exactly. financed by Hollywood. Like it was financed by Tommy Wiseau and whatever. It was written, produced, directed and starred Tommy Wiseau. And no one on record can say where he got that money. Exactly. Yeah. It's but it mystery. was his money. Yeah, it's, it's a I, mystery where that man got his. They it got is his a money. great book, but yeah, the reason I said "Oh hi, Mark" is the guy who played Mark in that is an was is the guy who wrote it, and he was an up and coming uh, Hollywood actor who was just auditioning for whatever he could get a chance for, and that's how he crossed paths with Tommy and his in, his story about just interacting with Tommy between takes and through the entire production of that movie is fascinating. It's really good. Very similar to a Mark Hannon. Yeah. Samurai Cop film. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He's he, trying to to establish himself as an actor and he gets wound up in this crazy production. It's amazing. It's wonderful. I'll have to check that out. That that that'd be interesting. I still haven't seen the the Disaster Artist movie either. That was pretty good. I saw that in theaters actually. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. They did a good job explaining how Tommy was so treated his cast and how the film was actually made. That yeah. movie impossibly somehow made me love the room more, which I didn't think was. Yes. Uh, Ken, did you have a, did we get your rating? Uh, I would give it four chest shots out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're still alive. Only four (laughs) shots in the chest. (laughs) Just enough to kill a man unless he falls in a pool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, this has been a fun one. So, um, I've actually looked forward to this for the last few yeah. weeks. Yes. Uh, truly. Like, uh, you yeah. know, all the scheduling difficulties kind of just rekindled my anticipation for this session. So yeah. uh, I, it's been a blast. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah. So, you know, listeners, if, um, if, if you like, uh, like this, we, we're, we're planning on doing it again. And, um, uh, if you don't like it, then, um, I mean, that's fine too. Uh, but it, it hurts my feelings a little bit when you criticize. Mine too. Mine but, um, too. But if you really liked it, I would encourage you to go to patreon.com and type in Tuesday Suck Podcast and subscribe. And honestly, and I'm talking to myself and Vader and everyone listening right now, let's go to iTunes and let's write a hot dang review. How long does that take, folks? Let's do it. Give it five stars. Give it the five stars it deserves. And if you can't take the time, I just have to ask. What is your major malfunction, Numbnut? <laughs> well asked, Ken. I completely agree. And, you know, if you can't write a review for this podcast, then at least you can... I want his head on this piano! Bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and look, if we're winding down, if you have any curiosity about who Racing Romano is, or Digital Deborah, <laughs> please... Come stop by on Horn Mountain. Yeah. If you want to see the car that Joe Marshall drove in Samurai Cop. Preserved digitally. Yes. In all its marital glory. Uh, please come pick out at twitch.tv slash thrashfeed. All right. Oh, well, one, why well, I do have one thing. I noticed a uh, little bit of news. The Beastie Boys apparently are releasing an anthology. Ooh. It's a five-part anthology. You can get parts A through D for free. But for the last one, you have to uh, fight for your right to part E. <laughs> I can appreciate oh my that. God. 
Wow. That was incredible. <laughs> I've never I'm, felt I'm like glad. a fish who got I'm, caught on a hook. <laughs> yeah. So, no. I am glad that it's been this late in the podcast that we're losing all of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> but, huh? Because they're going to listen to the Beastie Boys anthology now? <laughs> Uh well if that's none of it, our regular listeners are actually getting through this podcast this episode yeah if they heard you introduce me they're like God him again episode fifteen I'm out <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah with that with that I think we're gonna say goodbye thank God I gotta go to bed thank you all for listening and I love you all <laughs> goodbye thank you for having me on guys appreciate y'all as always fuck off.